bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so burnt. the imperial schools of honor podcast i'm josh folan and i'm jay baxter and we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again let's get ready to rumble on the nintendo entertainment system with mike tyson's punch out for our power punch packed 50th episode of this fucking podcast uh i suppose this qualifies as an accomplishment of some sort getting to the 50th episode of the podcast if any podcasting milestone can qualify as an accomplishment anyhow you know so yes it's great cool. celebration. Yeah. celebration, bitches. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, emulation disclosure. Uh, I originally started playing on OG hardware with the standard NES controller. The advantage is actually a disadvantage with this game, in my opinion. Uh, but I switched it over mostly for streaming purposes. There probably was some subconscious decision making in there that safe stating will be necessary to proceed. In this game. <laughs> so uh, it was a halvesy. Uh, uh, I would say, where did I make the so prophecy? I think was actually where I made the switch. Ah, so I knew where, it. I was yeah. I was wondering how you started streaming all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute, he's always OG hardware. This is very <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I did because I wanted to, I, I wanted to have that documented. It was that was part of the thing too. Like I wanted to have. God forbid, I did beat Tyson. I wanted to have that like. Uh, you know, whatever, uh, immortalized for my own annals of, of video game accomplishments. Not that anyone else cares. Anyhow, Jay, how did you play? <laughs> <laughs> I emulated this through uh, Nestopia RetroArch uh, with the standard NES controller, of course. Nice. Please rate and review the podcast. We have a new review on iTunes from Jerry Van Didi. Didi? Didi. Go something like this. I don't ever sign up or subscribe to podcasts. I saw an ad on Facebook for this Ultima 3 episode and was hooked. Very entertaining. Keep up the good work. P.S. Should check out Deadly Towers for NES. LOL. And he is talking about the Broderbun action RPG from, I think, maybe 87 it was. And it's notoriously terrible. So <laughs> Jerry must like listening to us experience anguish. And that's not surprising because that's very much the theme of Ultima, the Ultima 3 SideQuest episodes. But uh, fuck you, Jerry. No way we're SideQuesting that game, bro. <laughs> Thank you for listening and being cool enough to drop some love for us. Uh, we are open to other suggestions you might have. But fuck you, we're not playing that game for a SideQuest. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Jay's already had his. Uh, this is. I think this is probably the last one we can, can convince him that doesn't have some sort of like, you know, public, public <laughs> renown to it. Like, has some sort of semi semi good reputation as opposed to total <laughs> unknown and like whatever. So, that, uh, yeah, that game definitely won't fly. I don't think. Anyhow, be part of the ISOH movement. Give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of rating review, and we'll read it on the pod just like Jerry's here and maybe tell you to fuck off, too, about your suggestion. <laughs> so what are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now? Oh, man. Uh, continuing to play NBA 2K21. It's a blast. I got my team, my team up to, like, an average rating offensive defense of 94. So feeling good about that. I got a 96-rated Shaq on my squad, dunking on fools. So... That's a blast. Um, but that's, you know, kind of my standard thing. 
I jumped back into Destiny 2, and this is a game that I've just played off and on a little bit, you know, throughout time, but with the new Destiny Light or Beyond Light campaign, I heard it was really good, and the reason was I was listening to somebody on YouTube, and they mentioned, and it was like an MMO channel, and they're talking about MMOs, which I very much enjoy, and they mentioned Destiny 2 as being an MMO, and I didn't really think of it like that, and so I figured, like, I knew that the whole expansion of it when the xbox was released the the newest xbox uh brought in so many new players so i jumped in and it really is super well done it's like an mmo shooter it brings in like a lot of elements that are cooperative like i enjoy from elder scrolls online but also like it's just different like it's just a blast so and then there's several people i used to know who played eso that play that game so i may play with them but that's been a blast and are there like all yeah. or pre-organized teams and shit like no it's like nah, like there's in. so much yeah it's kind of like if you ever it feels to me almost like if you ever played guild wars back in the day where there's the main storyline like it's not even when i when i jumped in it wasn't the type of thing where hey here's your starter cream your start screen press start you know go do this quest it was kind of like you're in a story immediately but after this amazingly beautiful cinematic cut screen, like I'm in the story, but there's other people there playing too. And I was like, Oh snap, we're in this like cooperative, like mission together. And I didn't need to communicate. It wasn't the type of game where I needed to be on mic. Like, Hey, we got to go left. Like I think in other parts of the game and other modes, like, yeah, that would be fantastic. But for this, like it was just so fun and so natural and didn't require like the level of coordination. Some other games need. And, like I said, it's just, it's just a blast. So I got sucked back into that for a little bit for sure. Word. And then, uh, oh man. So I, I felt like with the re- the impending soon, we don't know when, but coming soon release of Halo Infinite, being a huge Xbox guy, like who's always played Halo PvP, I never really experienced the story, you know, because we were in college when it came out originally. And then after that, just I didn't have an Xbox for the longest time. When I played, it was always PvP, even these days. So knowing Halo Infinite is coming out, my goal is to play through all of the Master Chief collection before the release. Because, you know, that, Courtney... That, that sounds like an undertaking. <laughs> um, well, Courtney does these things where she's like, oh, I want to play through this Assassin's Creed collection. Or I want to play through the Dragon Age collection. And she keeps doing that. And she loves it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that with Halo. So... I played all the way through uh, the prequel, Halo Reach, in like a day and a half. And it was so good. Like it Because it was a remaster done like, I don't know, 2015 or something like that, the graphics are, you know, I, I couldn't really tell I was playing like an old game. And it was just really well done. So I'm excited to move on to the next one, the original Halo, and then we'll see how long it takes. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get it done before Infinite comes out. Word. It's a blast last that's it man that's the long and short of it that and knocking mike tyson down <laughs> just down i hope not just down. <laughs> yeah, not, not down and also yeah i mean i jumped back into elder scrolls as well it's you know we talked about it it's it's been a blast i picked back up because they redid like your leveling system before i was like beyond max level before so it was kind of just like i defeated all the veteran group content it was kind of like ah, what do i do but i'm getting back into some of the storyline stuff and then even one of my old guild mates pulled me into like a veteran raid last weekend, so, you know, 12 person trial. And that was a blast because it was one of the ones that has the last piece of gear that I'm missing. So 
it rekindled that like i need to get this gear and let me like get back into it and try to go after this thing so that's been I fun w- i went on a downloading tirade last night and uh from game pass and uh, a lot of the, I, I i clocked the bethesda shit in there so i you know fucking got pulled fallout four down just to fucking i've been thinking about playing we talked about that a while back how i was considering kind of wanting to play that again and uh wolfenstein the new wolfenstein was in there and i haven't tried that yet hopefully it doesn't make me fucking sign into some shit or i won't play it but (laughs) (laughs) uh so i got that i got that and uh what else I saw Fallout 4 on there, and I couldn't tell. I hate... And dude, here, a fucking comment box at Microsoft. Why the fuck don't they have more information on the game, like the game info screen? The description doesn't list the number of players. Like, I was looking for co-op games and stuff on there, and it doesn't list the number of players on the info. Like, it lists the ESRB rating, like, where it lists the ESRB and how many fucking gigabytes it is to download. Like, it has that information up top, but neither in there or the description box does it actually list, like, number of players. Does it have co-op? Like, why is that? That's critical information. Like, why is that included anywhere on the fucking thing? It's been a change because it used to be there because I used to think the same thing. And you you used to always have to go in and, like, right bumper over, and then you would be able to see it. If you scroll down, it would be kind of like the same thing, and it would list it. So I don't know. Maybe I haven't li- actually. I usually look at games in store all the time. I haven't looked in like a week, but uh, yeah, it used to be there where you could see it. But I it might have. Moved. I can't find it anywhere. It I, the, the only thing I'm thinking is because I'm looking at it in Game Pass and not you know it has the option to go to the store. Maybe the oh, store has yeah oh, in the store. But, I mean, yeah. fuck you. Like I mean, I don't. I shouldn't have to click over to the fucking store if I'm going to get it in Game Pass to find out that information. So. Yeah. Take, take that to the, take that up take that up, take that upstairs. Run that up the flagpole. <laughs> Go right on that. Get the fucking fix. Uh, anyway, see, I downloaded a bunch of that shit. I saw. Anyways, the point of this is that I saw Elder Scrolls Online on there and Fallout seventy six, and both kind of surprised me that they were like Game Pass offerings, as if I don't know. I just thought with the subscription shit that they just wouldn't. I just didn't expect to see them in the store, so I almost clicked on. ESO two just to fucking open it up again and give you give you the fucking give you the satisfaction, but did, did, yeah. there, there so many other things I downloaded. I was like, this is gonna take long enough. Let me get these first. Maybe do that later. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But if you do, let me know because we'll jump in party. That's my game. Like yes. it's, the, the solo aspect. Is the I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes, I got all that shit down. So I haven't really tried any of that stuff though. The I did finish Spirit Fair, hundred percent of it, and it is the most beautiful, emotionally resonant video game I have ever fucking played. Man, I like I just cannot recommend that game enough. It is so good, and the cherry on top of the whole thing to me is when it ends, it just ends. And most games that have this sandbox vibe going on with it, you know, with the farming and all that shit, they usually complete the final plot point and then dump you back into the, the, the sandbox and urge you to re-engage the minutia bullshit mechanics, you know, keep farming, whatever. Not this one though. It's just like you do the last thing and it's just fiend, like goes back to the fucking title screen and that takes balls and it is so right for what this game story is that it has a, uh, a cemented finality to it like that. Like, you know, I finished it and like, literally I sat at the title screen for a minute, gave, gave you the credits, goes back to the title screen, the music plays up and like, I turned it off 
and I like deleted the game and like I don't ever need to play it again. I don't ever need to think about it again. It was, it was fucking fantastic. 100% of it did every fucking thing in the game. Don't even need to think about ever playing it again. And that like closure to me is very attractive. Like, I that that's why I like feature films over TV series because I want a full arc. I want to see exactly. it go point A to a final point B and know what that arc is and you know that's a whole different diatribe to talk about TV and how it's open ended and it, the the, yep. the the nuts and bolts creation of it are intended to go forever theoretically so you don't want to have any closure uh, by by default you know which is why it's not my favorite kind of storytelling anyways this fucking perfectly nailed it and I just loved the way it wrapped up and yeah I just cannot recommend it enough it's so so good Nice. That is high praise, dude. I can't even. That's so yeah, good. That's a it's, lot. <laughs> it's like, you know, I listen to podcasts and stuff, and like, it's funny how it's, I don't know how long it's been out. It's years for sure, at least. And it's funny how, you know, there's just so much shit out in the world that everything just flies by as like all the stuff that you don't know about. You know, and like now that I've played the game and know how incredible it is, and I clock every time that word comes up, either out of someone's mouth or in written, in written form. And everyone everything said about it is just like oh, really good <laughs> you know so like I, I am not alone in this opinion for sure it's it's a really good game and i turned my attention i had it on i had it downloaded for a while both of them actually there's two of them and i you know obviously i haven't started the second one yet but i started playing pillars of eternity on game pass as well and i was telling you guys in the chat that it's like it's a really really honestly to, like i've played it now i'd have probably put in i don't know 15 hours into it or something by now and it might be too much like i kind of feel a little bit like i'm wavering a little bit right now so i'm not gonna say that it's like i'm over the moon about it or anything but it is like a really really deep story-based rpg that is it's hardcore DD role-playing you know like mm. the yeah that's why i was texting jab until he loves that shit you know he's always talking about fucking uh that nonsense so i figured he would probably dig it a little bit but anyway yeah it's like you know the the statistic stuff the character creation stuff is super deep and there's just so many things to track and develop and the leveling up of your characters has multiple things that you're dealing with you know way more complex than your average you know fallout type character development system you yes you add you add attributes to things that are outside of your core attributes, even they're like developmental attributes, uh, stealth and, and mechanics and like, you know, your ability to deal with traps and, uh, lore, your ability to interact with spell based things. And just, yeah, you know, there's like all these different layers of just statistical character development, as well as abilities, the, just like an endless number of abilities that are, some are class specific, some are not. And like of the classes that, and races you can choose, they each have their own unique, ability sets you know so it's, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> incredibly complex, and you got to be into it for that kind of thing for sure or it's going to be overwhelming uh so you know I'm, I'm yeah i played it quite a bit it's got this you get into it and there's i was telling you also in the chat that like there's a, an ass up you get to a point in the narrative where you take over this keep and it becomes a little bit of a sandbox developmental thing that's like a back burner objective in addition to you know it's very traditional and you go out and you do quests and you get objectives and you bump into new ones as you're out doing that and your quest log expand you know it's very traditional in that regard but there is yeah that back burner thing back at home that you you have like a representative back there you don't have to physically go back to it 
to give orders back home. I don't know the idea is that you're you have like a kinetic or a you can talk to him without being there, whatever the hell. Gotcha. I'm trying, I can't think of the fucking word for it, but you can basically communicate with this overseer back at the, the keep and, and, and have new things built and hire soldiers and stuff to protect it back there. Uh, and, and, you know, you can, things can show up and you will be notified of it. You can decide to go back and help to defend the castle or not let your minions handle it, you know? So there's a, there's a cool management aspect to it. That's within the, story world that i think is pretty well done and pretty fun and pretty elaborate too so yeah it's i mean and, and the storytelling itself is great like there's so much written. that's the thing too like you can't you know i like to be able to like listen to podcasts or maybe not be fully mono focused mm. when i'm playing an rpg because that's kind of the allure it's turn-based i can kind of multitask a little bit with this one you right. can there's, there's so much reading <laughs> And you know they they say the dialogue too. They say the stuff too. But you got I can't one I can't listen to people. I gotta read uh, to really digest, especially big pieces of information. So you just can't do anything else while you do it because there's so much reading. <laughs> you know, so it's a fucking lot for sure. But it is you know there's a lot of care put into it, and and it's it's definitely if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, it's pretty fun. You know, so. Especially if you're not reading all day at work, and then it's like maybe I don't want to read this much <laughs> more. It's yeah, if you have that going on, you definitely uh, it'll be too much for you. But see, so, so that uh, played a little bit of Sea of Thieves the other night with uh, Jab last minute invited me with okay. him and his buddies, and we did nice. a quest dude, that was new that we haven't done as a, with you on board. That was super cool. I told him I was like, oh, like I want to do really? this every time. I I don't know. <laughs> it was like a, like a puzzle-based thing where we had to go around and pick up all this shit, and you had to yeah, acquire all these things, maps and keys and stuff, and then they led you to a uh, like a treasure puzzle room kind of thing, and. I guess these the the guys that we were playing with, Jab's buddies. One of them was was Frank, who uh, Pruner, who you also played with. Another was uh, I think a new guy, and I guess he was kind of leading the charge on it. And he had done it once before and failed also. So he was telling us like, "This is you know I died doing this last time. This we got to get in there and we got to like we have a limited amount of time." And it's, yeah, so it's this room that you go into. And there's a puzzle in there. You first you got to find all these things, and then it opens up this puzzle entry opportunity. And if you get it wrong, the room, it, like you're closed in, you're locked, you get locked in as soon as you walk in. And if you get it, if you don't do it in the right amount of time or get it wrong or whatever, the room floods and you die and you don't get anything. And it's like, you know, it was a whole night of work, oh. a whole night of work going around getting these things from different islands and shit. And, you know, yeah, it was a huge bummer and we fucking failed. <laughs> yeah, like so. I can tell where this story is going. <laughs> so, but it was, I mean, just like the, the whole puzzle thing was like, it was such a cool moment of the four of us in the room, like, God! Like fucking running around, like trying to find this stuff, and they're like putting it in. And we're, like, everyone's like, "No, what about this?" Like, oh, I don't think that's right. And they're like, oh, "What about this?" And we're, you know, we're all running around trying to fucking frantically figure it out. Uh, it was, it was a really, it was way more fun than the running around whacking fucking skeletons thing that much of the game can be, you know. So it's like um, an escape room in the video game. It sounds, sure. it sounds like. Yeah, that's a very, very good analogy for sure. Yeah, so that was cool. And I, yeah, I mean, it just I was asking, I was like, "Are there like how many of these are like?" We haven't done anything like this yet. Like, how many types of things like this are in this game? They're like, oh, there's a few of them. I was like, oh, fuck, we need to do these more. This is way more interesting, yeah, than just running around and fucking bashing skeletons and picking up chests and taking them to the ship, you know? That's fun, too, you know? But yeah, uh, have 
stuff in there was was pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's mostly it. Uh, is there anything else I fucking played? I didn't really build out. I think that's it. Let's let's talk about Mike Tyson. Who gives a shit? Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> was the mike tyson's punch out title theme obviously bringing us in to the game of the yes so let's talk about story here little mac a 17 year old fighter from the bronx in new york he loves nothing better than a tough challenge doc lewis an ex-heavyweight who was a famous hard hitter in the u.s around 1954 which is a very specific number i thought it all began one day when Little Mac and Doc Lewis met by chance. Doc became Mac's trainer, teaching him everything there is to know about boxing. Doc and Mac's story continues over a seemingly endless path until one day a champion is born. And this is not entirely unparalleled to the Mike Tyson origin story, randomly being found by Bobby Stewart while he was at a reform school in upstate New York, who that, that guy was a boxing aficionado, and he introduced Tyson, or rather he recognized Tyson's kind of like natural acumen for it, and he referred him to legendary boxing trainer Cus Diamato, who would become his legal guardian and guide him to becoming the youngest heavyweight champion ever at age 20. So... I'm sure that was a not unconscious effort to have some parallels there story-wise. And the, well, what kind of game is this? This is What uh, kind of game is this, Jay? I think that's course. Three, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if there's another game like this. This, this might is, not really have a genre. Right? It, it's a boxing game. Like, the sport where you punch, like, that's what we're doing. We're knocking dudes out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but it's not like that's. I think that's just a shell, though, for what the actual game is. You know, it's actually I mean, a puzzle. It's a puzzle game. I mean, it's definitely strategy for sure. It's. it's, it's I think. It's, I think it's a straight up puzzle I game. Puzzle. I think yeah. it's a puzzle game that just happens to have boxing in it, and that <laughs> is its own super unique, interesting fucking thing that I'm sure has a lot to do with why it's revered the way it is. Why I fucking love it the way I do. And yeah, because I mean, I, you know, boxing meant nothing to me as a sport as a kid. Like, you know, the, the heavyweights are interesting just because like your dad's watching it and, every, and people talk yeah. about it. But like the act of watching boxing is terribly boring if you're not watching Mike Tyson literally dust someone off in 30 seconds. Like everything else about boxing as a kid is super boring. <laughs> so. I, I definitely had a cousins who were into it and like people. But I was like, yeah, I would watch like the Tyson Buster Douglas fight because we ordered it or something. Did you watch otherwise, I didn't. Yeah, I definitely watched that. We didn't, that was we didn't even cool. have, like, we didn't get, we got a satellite dish, like, one of those big old school ones that had to, like, you put in the the, the galaxy, and the, you you watch out the window and watch it fucking turn <laughs> a huge metal one in the backyard, you know? We got that, I think I was a freshman in high school, so that would have been 96, so prior to that, we didn't have, like, couldn't get cable where we were at. And I did not even have like that wasn't even a possibility. But once we got that satellite dish, my dad started buying T Tyson fights and shit. Like I, he, I think I'm pretty sure I watched that first Evander Holyfield fight at at home. I think nice. that was you know uh, the the Tyson or the Holyfield Lewis ones rather. I think we we got pay per view wise. But that's fucking watching. So you were do you remember watching that Buster Douglas fight then? Do you remember how? I, I mean, was your dad just was, what the fuck is happening? It was, here? It was I was like, I was watching with my older brothers, and they were just like, and a Columbus that? dude too, a huge thing, I assume, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. dude. That's why it was like so shocking because we were like, 
what is this really happening? Like, no freaking way. Like, I remember being as a kid, like getting Buster Douglas's autograph like a few months later. It was so, so cool. Yeah, I, my first serving job in college was the Applebee's at where the which Applebee's was it in Columbus? Fuck. Ugh. I'm not sure. Probably in a mall. I can't believe I don't remember this. Anyways, the, the my first serving job in college was at an Applebee's and obviously in Columbus, and they had a signed Buster Douglas, like of all the their their flair that they had over the restaurant on the walls, they one oh, yeah. of the Buster Douglas signed eight by ten on the wall. So yeah, he is like I you know that was he was probably huge then. Like that had to be such a thing for Columbus people. <laughs> kidding me? Like you did the impossible. <laughs> yeah, at the, time, at the time, literally impossible. Yeah, but I think what you said is is so right. Like this is really a puzzle game. Like until you get to Tyson, where you have to definitely react. It's still how do I like? No, yeah, you got to be quick twitch there. Yeah, it's not you know. It requires sports type reflex and gameplay, but if you don't solve the puzzles. First and most importantly, you'll never get to that part of the game. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, and I mean that within each fight, like, you have to have the cerebral part of it figured out to be able to have any chance with the quick reflex aspect of it. You know what I mean? So, that's a really cool thing for sure. No question. And that's why, that's why, in my opinion, this is such a renowned, revered, famous, like, world class game is because I picked this back up. And I was like, yep, I remember the puzzle. Bam. I remember this puzzle. And it was just like great because yeah, I remember that puzzle. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Knock your ass out now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've said it a million times and I'll say it again when we get there uh, to Bald Bull. But there's not a time in my life I've gotten his ass on that bull punch with the stuff <laughs> really? with the stuff with the body blow. There's not a time in my life that I've gotten gotten that and not been like just oh yes <laughs> you know it's a, like unbelievably satisfying so the fact that that could have that effect on me 30 plus years after the first time i did it is just whoa accomplishment by game designers you know so yeah so this baby came out on the north american release was october 18th 1987 and this is a little over a month before the japanese release not a common occurrence at this time usually games dropped over there before they came here and there was a release of an iteration called the gold version a month prior in japan basically at the same time as its release here and this was uh all right sorry a month before even here this was in September, and it was a gold-colored Famicom cartridge simply titled Punch-Out without Mike Tyson in it. And they gave it away as a prize for participating in the Famicom Disk Systems Famicom Golf U.S. Course Tournament held in September 87. So 10,000 units of those were produced. Half were given away as high-score prizes. The rest were given as a lot as uh, given away in the lottery. So that's pretty fucking cool, I think. And having one of those is probably a very valuable thing to possess. <laughs> and the final opponent in that is Super Macho Man, who was also the final opponent in the Super Punch-Out! arcade game. So Mr. Dream nor Mike Tyson were in it. So that's pretty 
fun and interesting. And as far as shit that happened around the release time of this game in the U.S., on October 4th, the first scab Sunday of the 1987 NFL strike, where the NFL fielded teams for games with just about anyone who would come play. <laughs> and actually, this it, it led to me clicking. I probably, well, I don't know. I find I find this, that strike season, the 87 strike season, pretty interesting period. I might have clicked on it anyways. But I ended up watching a, a, a documentary short on YouTube in between the last time we recorded and now about this and got a much more fleshed out understanding of exactly how it went down and like there was crazy shit that happened dude like in philadelphia there was like a fuck there were fucking riots and shit dude like over the over the like that the because the the players were like lining up outside like the end of the union players were lining up outside the stadium like forming a human chain wouldn't let the buses of the scab players come in and like they found out what hotel they were in the, the scab players and like were fucking with them like it was Oh, I think isn't there wasn't there a Mark Wahlberg film based on that? Yeah. I feel like I saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's basically what how he. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah, um, that's clearly a dramatization. But <laughs> that's crazy. Though. Would you have ever been a scab? Like, if you had the skill at that time, would you have? In a fucking like without hesitation. Like, I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you know, like yeah, like, uh, you know, I don't have any problem with unions, but like I'll play with the NFL. Even if you're just like, let me come and like stand over over like on the field <laughs> you know any any aspect of it that i could have like had a chance to do is like when you're young enough to do that you got to be a moron not to do it like why not you know and even scab players i mean i mean even scab players in 1987 before free agency and players really were making real money it still had to be an insane amount of money relative to what a average day of work that a 20 year old would be doing or, you know, 24 year, whatever old the fucking average scab player was like, it had to be just way more money for clearly a way better time <laughs> than any job you would have had otherwise. So like, yeah, you'd have to be a more, I don't give a fuck who it offended or who it upset or who it undermined or what organization or initiative. Like, I don't, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like I'm playing in the NFL. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's a good one. I don't remember the. I'm sure it's probably. It was. It was well done. So, I think it was by. It was by this. What actually led me to it was, I think it might be is it Bleacher Report or Barstool or some fucking, some. I think it's Bleacher Report that they, they have videos that they have these videos on statistics, and I watched one about a Steve Bono touchdown run in like 1996. That was like the most pathetic defensive play ever <laughs> basically. And they have like statistics to prove it. And they went into a whole thing about how you know, all the San Francisco 49er quarterbacks who became chiefs and won with them and how few basically Lynn Dawson, maybe Lynn Dawson wasn't even one of them. I can't remember. And then Patrick Mahomes are the only KC chief drafted quarterbacks that have ever done anything for them over the entire team's history. So they have like these they have like these really crazy statistically they're like analytics focused with all these in, infographics of course that's why I like it. It's a bunch of infographics and really well done presentations of statistics that are really interesting and it's the same I like I said I think Bleacher Report that that did the scab video so it's I'm sure it's a probably pretty high return if you just type in 1987 NFL strike I'm sure it's probably one of the first returns mm. it's probably maybe like 20 some minutes I want to say really good 
Anyways, tangent. Uh, October 16th, <laughs> one Mike Tyson knocked a cat named Tyrell Biggs the fuck out by TKO in round seven of a fight in Atlantic City. And it's odd to me that it took seven rounds to fight a guy I've never heard, or to knock out a guy I've never heard of. So Maybe he was that, practicing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And then on October 19th, Black Monday, a huge global stock market crash. The Dow Jones falls 22%. And surely that was because of the lost productivity from people playing Punch-Out. <laughs> <laughs> and then October 30th, the NEC release, NEC release of the PC Engine, i.e. TurboGrafx-16 in Japan. So that's notable for our little historical bullshit. And... Get into the artwork in the instruction manual. So the cover art, it's probably the first NES box art with live-action photography on it, I think. Um, and, and hell, I honestly, I, the more I thought about it, it might be the only one. Like, I can't think. Can you think of any NES box covers with actual live-action photography on them? I cannot. Mm, no. I'm sorry. I just, the Super, Super Technical did have... The actual a face. Guy. Yeah, they have a face yeah, of giant, somebody. Giants right. mock-up. Uh, uniform close to a giant uniform, basically, yeah. Uh, and actually, Tech Mobile might have too. So, there's probably some sports ones, but it's it's definitely not a common one uh, or a common right. thing for sure. So, that it was definitely the first because all the other prior to this, I think it was all black box games for NES. Uh, so those all have kind of the pixel art stuff going on on them. And it has Iron Mike decking some poor dude right off the box cover. You can't even see his face. <laughs> so that's funny. And there's a referee that looks on in the background, and it is, I think, a huge missed opportunity for him to not be styled as Mario. You know, I think that would have been a really fun thing if that person had been, like, decked out in some sort of Mario shit. Uh, knowing what we know about, or what, rather what I have here in a moment, if you don't have it history-wise, it's not terribly surprising based on how the Mario thing got in there, but it still was a missed opportunity, even if, you know, whatever. And I looked hard, dude, trying to find out exactly who this might have been, the referee, like what, like some sort of actor that would have ended up doing something or something, but uh, it doesn't look familiar, so maybe that's why, or part of why anyways, and, and it was probably some just poor non-union actor that made 400 bucks for this bullshit print job, <laughs> and never he never saw another dime, a company employee that got paid even less, who knows, you know, but had no luck actually finding the, the person's name, unfortunately, which was a bummer. And the title treatment features Mike's name and a handwritten font above Punch Out, the Punch Out title treatment. And it's worth saying that until I was scrutinizing the box of the pod here, I had never noticed there were two exclamation marks in the title of this game. Mm. So Punch Out, exclamation, exclamation. I never noticed that. And below that, we have three bullet points. Uh, there's Fight Tyson in the Dream Bout, Challenge Boxers from Around the Globe, Win and Become WBW. V, that's tough to say, WVBA champ. And flipping over to the backside, we have another solo photo of Mike in a fighting stance next to some text. The title again, then a tagline, meet the ultimate fight, meet the ultimate challenge, fight Mike Tyson. And that is followed by a table setting blurb. It's a right jab, a left hook, an uppercut. It's Mike Tyson's punch out where you'll get the chance to compete against boxers from around the globe. Punch your way through 13 bouts in minor, major, and world circuits against tough contenders like Piston Honda, Glass Joe, Super Macho Man, and many, many more. Defeat all your opponents and meet the ultimate challenge against world heavyweight champion Mike Tyson in the greatest fight of all, the Dream Bout. And knock out Tyson, and you can become WVBA, World Video Boxing Association champ. And it's got three screenshots, the pre-fight size-up screen for Glass Joe, the title screen, a ring shot against Bald Bull, 
And then lastly, next to the Nintendo seal of approval, it says there's special tips from the champ inside. So I was sure to Google what the fuck those were. And these are not in the actual manual. It was oh. a separate document uh, of some kind. And I was could not find the photo for it. I can't believe that was the case. But uh, I did, however, find the copy of it from a Punch-Out! fan site that I'll link to in the show notes. And the four topics of advice that, while maybe had Tyson's input, <laughs> I don't know, who knows, uh, have a lot of words that I, I find hard to believe that 20-year-old Tyson actually wrote is, is kind of my concern about these actually being legitimately from him. But they go as such. Never be intimidated by someone regardless of appearance. Nobody is born the best. Practice and training makes you the best. Never become angry. It will inhibit your ability. And I did not listen to that little tip in my playthrough videos. You will see that's the case. Lastly, <laughs> 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 don't quit. And each one is expounded upon a bit as well with, with maybe um, stuff that maybe could have been from Tyson after someone else wrote these bullet points, you know. And if anyone knows of a shot of this document somewhere or actually has it, please do send it to us. I would absolutely love to see it. And then we have the manual. And this is in the show notes, as I always do. And this is 20 pages with covers, full color. And the front cover lacks any Tyson action, though, disappointingly, and is just the title treatment on a black background with instruction booklet, sports series logo below it. And after a intro page with a cute illustration of Doc and Mac that is in our key art, in the bottom left corner for the episode, I mean, there's a precautions page that had something I'd never noticed on any other. And it says, this is a precision game. It should not be stored in places that are very hot or cold. Never hit or drop it. Like, they knew this game is going to have you fired up. <laughs> but please keep in mind that whipping it across the room after getting clobbered by Soda Popinski is bad for your game cartridge. You know, it's kind of how, how I interpret that. You oh, know? Soda Popinski. Yeah. Uh, so a few pages of control action follows that, all of which isn't much of note, uh, except the in-game controls, page highlights, uh, the select button. And yes, I can't believe you didn't fucking know this, Jay. This blows my fucking mind. But if pressed between rounds, Doc's encouraging advice can increase max stamina. That was it. And then I actually never even thought about it that way. And that, that's a really good narrative implementation of a heal trick. But uh, yeah, I, I always thought this was in hint territory that, you know, was like an un yeah. kind of a quasi unknown, not something that was actually in the manual. So I was kind of surprised to see that here when I was reading through. So let, so the crazy thing, and I don't know how this worked, but like, I, I, I knew in my mind that like, it should do something. <laughs> Selects it do something, but it never did anything. I kept trying it and I was like, okay, nothing, nothing works. So the other day I picked up the, you know, I was on the Nintendo Switch Online, and I'll talk about it later, but I picked it up, and I was playing it, and there, it worked. Like, I was on Super Macho Man, and I was like, why does it work here? Like, maybe, are my controls mismapped or something? Like, I don't know what happened there, but it, it actually worked. But it's never, ever worked on, and it never worked on the actual Tyson version through my playthroughs. I don't know how that is, though. In between rounds, it definitely works. In between rounds, it never works. Well, the thing is, it only, works the, it, only, it only works the one time. So maybe you just don't have it noticed it. You know, but it don't. Yeah, it like does not per work. Fight, it, though? Per fight, you can only use it once yeah. per fight. Ugh. So like either the 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 round one to two break or the round two to three break, and you can save it. Like you don't have to. If you don't use it, it will definitely be available to you for the next 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 break. So yeah, it definitely works, bro. <laughs> yeah. definitely I definitely thought works. it was like a, a special <laughs> hint, then you know, because yeah. yeah. I like this game. I was not looking at the manual because I was like, I don't need the freaking manual. I jumped in and like beat everybody in like an hour. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was shocked. 
That's why I was watching you, and I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Did that thing work for you? That that cheat? Like, what do you? You, you miss <laughs> out. Miss out on the hot tips, Jeff. Page, page seven lists the WVBA rules, and that are those are each match three rounds of three minutes in length. A boxer is KO'd if he doesn't get up after a ten count following being knocked down. A TKO is scored if a boxer goes down three times in one round. And the referee determines the winner according to match points if time runs out in the third round. And then the most interesting thing in this list, I would say, is it says, watch out for unfair hometown decisions against Little Mac. And what is watch out for supposed to mean exactly? Like, what, do, like, what are you going to do about it if it happens? <laughs> you know, like, it really, what the, what the translation is, is... FYI, the Nintendo fucking cheats. <laughs> That's exactly what that means. So, yeah, what do you mean, watch out for? It? What are you going to do? You're just fucked. <laughs> so, page nine explains the heart system, which maybe isn't glaringly obvious to all players, um, particular newer ones. The So, Little Mac loses one heart every time an opponent blocks or dodges one of his punches and loses three when he gets clocked by the other boxer. So, when his hearts hit zero, however, that happens mac changes color to this kind of like pink uh, like green hue and is too tired to punch and will remain that way only able to dodge and duck until the hearts replenish and it doesn't really describe the exact math of how that happens i think from boxer or, or fight to fight it's a different the math behind it is different and fucking Tyson is extra frustrating. <laughs> but pages 13 are an opponent character breakdown with illustrations. But sadly, they only have four boxers here, and that really bummed me out. They have Francis Glassjaw, Glass Joe. The They have extra alliteration on these. These are tough to say. <laughs> the German Steel Machine, Von Kaiser. Tropical Chief King Hippo. And this one, this is another thing that I can't believe was in the manual. And he, so he has a his weak point listed. And he's the only one of these that has that. So, yes. So his body, what it says here is his body. You can knock him out with body punches if you can make him drop his guard. And, yeah, this, I mean, it will, you know, it'll come up when we get to the playthrough. But this being the manual in hindsight of my childhood is oh, brutal. <laughs> How did I not have this as a child? Like, like did I... Did I rent the game when I beat it? Like I don't understand. See, see that? See that? Yeah, that's I rented it and I did not get a fucking manual. So that's oh, why so yeah. long to figure that out as a kid, man. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a whole story. We'll fucking get to it. The so the uh, the reckless bald bull bald bull they repeated twice, which is weird. And then they list a bunch of others, but skimped on the bot picks and bios. So that's kind of a bummer. I think they could have taken more time and given you more for each one of these characters, and I think that would have been fun, but. What are you going to do? Page 15 has tips broken up into basic and winning technique sections. Your left punch is a little faster than your right, but not quite as strong. And I've always kind of known that. If your opponent gets up from a knockdown on the count of one, you can knock him down. You will knock him down on one point punch if you uppercut him right away. And the idea that's applicable to all boxers was definitely like, oh, no shit. You know, I think I like knew that was the case with. Actually, I didn't. I don't because Glass Joe, any uppercut will knock him down. See, I don't think I knew that at all. So I've been playing this game for thirty years, and you know, never wasn't aware of that. So that's interesting. Again, that's in the manual, and I fucking didn't know, you know. And I had like my uncle had the manual with the game, so like it's not like I never had an opportunity to get to the manual. It was after my initial exposure to the game and my initial exposure to fucking King Hippo in particular. But I, you know, I eventually had the manual. So the idea that I never pulled out the manual and went through it. And all the years I had access to this at my uncle's is also a little frustrating to me, I think. <laughs> and so page 17 is a memo page, and Fortune Smiles Upon Thee, my scan has a poorly scrawled code 
in pencil in it. And I have told you before how much I absolutely love that. And the code in it is 777-807-3454, which is a world circuit code with a 7-0 and record. And fist bump, child from the past, this is a good code to immortalize. I like it. <laughs> Probably the most useful one. The one I actually used a few times because you know, the the one, you don't need it for the first, if, if you don't, if you want to fight Dom Flam- the first Don Flamenco, you'll just breeze through the first three boxers. You're not going to bother the pain in the ass putting in the code. You're just going to beat those three guys. But the the World Circuit code is definitely worth skipping the time, you know. So, so talking about history here, and I'll see what you forget because I got a bunch of things too, <laughs> or did, didn't didn't find rather. I'm sure there's a lot. I, I definitely want to hear about this referee because I did not pull that one out. But yeah, yeah I mean. It's so funny to me because I have only ever known this game as Mike Tyson's punch out until about a month and a half ago. Like, like I literally have ever known it only as that. Like it's, it's freaking Mike Tyson's punch out or it's nothing. And so we were like, before we even decided to play this game, I was messing around with the Nintendo switch online and I saw freaking just super punch out, you know, punch out. And I was like, why do they have this off-branded version? Because I've seen, I saw it somewhere before, and I'm like, what is this off-brand version? Like, I didn't know anything about it. And I was just kind of like, that's, that, that's, that's so lame. Why is this on here? So I ignored it. It's so amazing to me that you could evade this story this dude, far. Into- I, it's crazy. <laughs> I played it when it was Mike Tyson, and then I, you know, never, like, I played Super Punch-Out when it came out, and I was kind of like, like, on the Super Nintendo, because that was my jam. But I was like, this is not the same. It doesn't have Mike Tyson, and eh, whatever, you know. But yeah. I, that was the end of it for me. I fucked around a little. I don't like the Super Nintendo one as much, but I, I do want. I do look forward to getting to it, and I want to play that because that's another game that, like, I feel like I probably should give us a, a certain chance. It's definitely revered. It, it definitely has a, a good reputation, so I think it's probably a good game. But yeah, but I mean, I so I had known about the arcade one, like I knew that that was like a Super Macho Man, but like the arcade one was different. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. And so to me, like. I just didn't know what was going on. So what I didn't know was that like Tyson was paid, which right now seems like an absurdly minor amount, yeah. like 50 grand for three years. Like how many unit sales did Nintendo get out of this game? Well, it's, 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 it's so, it was such an impressive. It's like, I, if, do you, if, did you, did you find how, oh, he, no, did you, did, did you find how he, the, well, who, which guy, who was it? Uh, Nintendo of America president Manuro Arakawa attended a fight of his, and that's yeah. how. Okay, so you, do you see that? Okay, yeah. So it's it's crazy how much. It's a testament to how like impressive Tyson must have been to watch because he hadn't won shit yet. He had, he was he wasn't a champion. You know, he didn't have a, even have a belt yet. So the idea that he could see a, he could be at a fight and be like just so enamored with an unheralded boxer who, you know, I'm sure he probably was hyped up a little bit. He was, he was knocking people out from day one. So like, you know, he probably had a little bit of reputation. Like this kid's fucking got some fire in him, you know, and he's good at this shit, but he didn't have the belts. He, you know, until you get that level of, of recognition, the idea of getting an endorsement as a boxer, like it's kind of crazy, you know? So the idea that he was able to just identify that and go, got to have that dude, you know, is yeah. really <laughs> fucking cool and impressive, I think. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's nuts though. But like three years, when you think about it, like fifty k, and then Change, the fact yeah. that the contract ended and then they just changed it back. Like it was funny the the link that you posted on YouTube to just show this story, which made it it almost made it seem like it was just 
all right, he lost, so we're going to take him out and put in Rocky Marciano, basically. The funny thing is, because of that, I went in this week and played the non-branded, you know, uh, version on Switch just to see how different it was. And it was right. basically just oh, it's the, the exact, exact same, same sprite. It's a, a palace exact swap, same yeah. sprite. Yeah, yep. like just with a white dude, like, and yep. without Mike Tyson's look. <laughs> you know, it was like yep. exact same, so... I mean, I guess they, I'm surprised was, they even took the time to take. Bad. I'm surprised they even took the time to take the gap out of his teeth. <laughs> I'm surprised they even yeah. bothered to change those four black pixels to white. <laughs> it just made him 99 and 0. Like, yeah, he's impossible. Like, okay, yeah. but yeah, is, I mean, he not, is he 99 and 0? 99 and 0. I thought I thought they changed it to like uh. Rocky Marciano's record, like 40 mm. and 0, 39 and 0. I think, mm. but then Floyd Mayweather beat that, so maybe I don't know. Maybe they just put 99 and 0. Like, hey, nobody's ever going to beat this. So right. this is going to be our best fictional character. Yeah, I'm surprised they changed that too. That, that's that's good to know, actually, that they again bothered to make that change. But it's funny, also, that this is just a regional thing. Like this is only in the West. Like you said, like in the East, it's just Super Macho Man, like that version. In arcade, it's different. Like this is, and now you can't even play that version unless you're on the emulator. You know, it's just the Dream one, which is still or, odd to me. Or own, like, the, or own the car. Or own the car, yeah. <laughs> uh, what am I? I'm in this new world. I'm like, oh, I can't digitally download it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's wild, man. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, that's why it's surprising me because there's a lot of speculation about why. You know, yeah, it, it probably was very simply the three years lapsed, and like that was it. And they just weren't gonna, you know between what he would have had going on by then and the increased cost like there's just no benefit to to renegotiating that you know coinciding so, with a loss also and then i was like well maybe yeah there's that and then the, you know the the legal shit was going on so like as a kid we like there was lots of speculation everyone assumed that it was because of the legal shit so you know mm. but that happened later than the change happened so that's i don't think that you know that clearly has nothing to do with it but anyhow yeah super fucking interesting anything else Nah, man. Tell me about this referee. I want to hear. I want to okay. hear. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, specifically, like, he didn't get his first belt until against he, he beat Trevor Burbick, another name never heard of, in 1986 to, to get the WCB, WBC belt, and then, uh, um, and yeah, that happened after the uh, the the licensing offer. So that's interesting. And then Tyson had never played the game. Allegedly, anyways, uh, until oh, yeah, <laughs> like 2013 Fox Sports One piece where they have him on camera getting knocked the fuck out by Glass Joe. <laughs> so that's funny, and yeah, so Mario's, yeah, Mario's, yeah, very Mario's cameo was not planned. So yeah, creator Genio Takeda put him in as a referee without company permission, right? And he had like said no intent of that making it past the check and balance process, you know, before a game is released. And just, this is just so it, it is, it points out just how different video game companies and design and everything, maybe just life, the world in general then was, but nobody noticed during the proofing, proofing phase that it was Mario and it was just left in like, just, just no one said or noticed or anything like that. And it just be, it was now it's part of the game, you know? So that is fucking crazy that like something could be, be unapproved in a Nintendo first party 
major release like this that you know that it wouldn't be go through a million lawyers and a million decision makers is hilarious to me but but, but was it not approved or was it more just like oh it's mario yeah of course but you know what i mean like it's 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 such a like my kid saw it and he's like oh my gosh it's mario like how could you not unless they were sure, actively like, exactly but like you gotta you gotta remember like this is before the only appearance of mario on the nes was super mario brothers so like he, he wasn't what he is now as an icon and you know and again this is this is from this is a statement from takita here that made the fucking game he's like i didn't you know like that by him pointing out that it wasn't approved that suggests that approval would have normally been expected i think you know <laughs> so yeah. like i think him pointing that out says that it like probably was an inadvertent and noteworthy thing that it wasn't at least brought up and talked about prior to release, you know what I mean, uh, internally. So pretty interesting. I got those from a mental floss piece that had a lot of other cool shit. The link to that will be in the show notes. And yeah, you mentioned that video that I posted. The theme song is basically stolen from a Gillette ad that used to run during Rocky Marciano's fights in the 50s. Yeah, it's pretty that's wild. crazy, man. I love that. Like, who knew? Like, to me, that's the iconic, like, punch. Oh, no. yeah, you know? yeah, that, that, There's nothing that else. Was, that was the original music to me. So, yeah, yeah. YouTuber GTV Japan did an eight video on this, and it blew my fucking mind. Link to that will be in the show notes as well. It's on all our socials and shit, too. So, pretty fun shit. And I can't, like, I want, like, I can't believe I didn't come up with an economic analysis, but I did not. So, let's just talk about knocking motherfuckers out in this game. Bicycle training theme, getting us into the playthrough of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and we start with the title screen, as we always do. You fire it up, and beneath a black screen, a ringside bell rings a few times before a blue screen pops up with Iron Mike's headshot, his name in bold green letters, and beneath that is Mike is waiting for your challenge. And there's a blue background also with his name just tiled over and over and over again behind that and then the actual title screen comes up punch out in yellow and red text on a blue background and mike tyson is written above that in a way that looks like it was added last minute and i think that's that's a common thread i feel in everything about like the box art the manual the title screen like it's clear to me he was not part of the original plan for this game 100 you know it's like every like everything is just kind of like eh, just make it tysony <laughs> like do it do it Work some Tyson in there, you know, and and, and that uh, was prevalent throughout the marketing, the box art, the game, everything, you know. So it's funny you say that. I never even noticed, but now when I look at it, like just pause, it does look like it's just kind of like somebody just typed in Excel. Like <laughs> right, right, exactly, yeah. Like I mean, you know, it's, it's Mike fucking Tyson, and it's your endorser of the like the endorsee of the game. It should be more prominent than that. It just should be, you know, for sure. And that's what I mean, like that. It is more prominent, but it's like that added screen beforehand. They were like, oh, we'll just put that at the beginning, and then, you know, that, that'll really feature him, and then we can get to the rest of our code that we already had. <laughs> you know, so. 
So uh, you have on this on the title screen here, you have new and continue as menu options. And the cursor is a boxing glove on each side of the word. And that's cool. I love when they do cursors that are thematically appropriate and spend a little bit of time on that. And continue allows you to enter a 10 digit code to pick up and uh, at various places in the game, as well as enter. You can also enter the Nintendo phone number to frivolously listen to a business signal, which I'd never done in my life. So I was excited to do it for this purpose. <laughs> and that's 1-800, not 1-800, but 800-422-2602. And yeah, it goes on for maybe five seconds and then the cursor reverts to new and awaits input. So that's just a super little fun fucking Easter egg type thing that they bothered to put in there and took the time to put in there. And if you don't do anything here, a cinematic will start. And it's the between rounds picture of Doc and Mac at the top of the screen, followed by starring little Mac and his trainer, Doc Lewis, also playing the role of Mac. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) And then it scrolls down to a list of guest stars as all the boxers. And at the bottom... And special guest Mike Tyson, again, looking like it was added last minute at the at, like underneath. Because like all the other names are in like this this designed border kind of thing, you know. And yeah, it just looks like they just slapped a little bit of text beneath that to, to work Tyson in there, too. And then lastly, this is a true story of true victory. But the road is long. Then it fades to the Tyson headshot page for a sec before a demo starts in a bald bullfight. And a small thing I noticed resetting the game a bunch of times to pick this apart and write it all down and stuff. The soft and hard resets start at different things. So the hard resets, like turning the power off and back on, it does, as I already described, you know, that whole sequence and starting with the the bell on a black card, then Tyson, and then a soft reset, just hitting the reset button just goes straight to the main title screen. It skips the Tyson and the bell thing at the beginning. So I don't know. I just don't, like, I don't think many games do that. Where there's like that's a helpful. There should be a difference. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a fast track for reset. You know, basically that like okay, like they you know they already they've already seen that. Let's get to the shit. You know, so and that that's yeah, I think uh, a good thing to have that in there. And whether you start a new game or continue with a password, a glove comes punching through the title after a couple tries, and the screen turns a light blue, and some text appears in place of the menu. Let's keep it clean. Now come out boxing. And first up is the minor circuit, and Glass Joe resides at the gateway to that, ranked at number two. And we learn that on a matchup card that puts a close-up of Doc and Mac in the corner, in their corner on the left, and the same of your opponent on the right. And none of the bo- other boxers have corner guys. Hmm. Did, that, did that register as a as a thing to you playing this game? That's that is yeah. interesting. I agree. So Glass Joe looks completely tweaked out on something. He's got like big bulbous eyes, blonde hair, he's clean shaven, and he's white as most blondes go. And they also have the boxer stats listed. And Joe has a 1 in 99 career record with one KO. And I've always wondered who the poor schmuck is that Glassy here got his sole KO on. So I looked it up. And the Punch Out Wiki claims that a Nintendo Power issue stated that Nick Bruiser, who's a character in Super Punch-Out on the SNES that I, I've never fought, I don't, I didn't remember, but mm. if you played it a little more, maybe you have, or do rather. But Nick Bruiser lost in a freak accident to him, is how it's described in this Nintendo Power. And that is despite his canonical record being 42-0 and 0 in Super Punch-Out. So, what? It's funny that like Nintendo Power went against their own game program. You know, it's just interesting that mm. I think 
Nick Bruiser might have might have been in the arcade one too. You said you played the arcade one, right? I do, but I don't remember like details of it like I do the like the NES version. Okay, yeah, because it just it just wasn't the same. It wasn't nearly as fun. To oh, me no, as super, version, way so. more clunky. I mean, way older. That's why you know. But yeah, it was the green wireframe shit, and yeah, it was a it was a machine in a bar that like after my parents got divorced. And like I briefly stayed with my dad when they were first, maybe not even divorced, maybe just separated. My mom got a job at a bar. I remember having to go when I would go to, I went to her on the weekend and how she would take me to this bar while she was working or maybe just hanging out there too. This is a place, this is the, this is the bar that had Robocop also, but the, they had this and I played it there. And yeah, like I remember, I remember, I think the second fighter is Piston Hurricane, which was a black guy. Mm. instead of Piston Honda, the Asian guy in this. So I remember that being different, and I think Bull Bull might have been the third fighter, and I could never beat his ass, if I recall correctly. So yeah, it started with Glass Joe first, and he was super easy. And then Piston Hurricane was a little more difficult, and then Bull Bull would just clobber your ass. So <laughs> it was, we had weird controls, too. There was something, I can't remember exactly what was weird about them, but something about them were kind of fucking weird. I think it had... Yeah. Like the high and low punch designation had a weird mechanic to it, or so. like it was, it was, it was not just buttons. I don't think. Yeah, it was, it was it, definitely not smooth. Yeah. At all. It, it was fascinating to me because this was after I was old enough for this was probably nineteen eighty nine or ninety. So Tyson was I had played Tyson and was familiar with the the brand, but it's clearly going backwards after having played the much better mm-hmm. game first. So like you know I, I I I wanted to like it and I wanted to be into it, but I I remember like thinking as a kid like. Bleh. This is not. I'm gonna go play RoboCop, <laughs> dude. It's it's funny to me also that like they only changed to the way the NES is because like they didn't want the randomized like hey put it another quarter type of thing from the arcade. So they were like hey let's create these patterns and oh Mac we got to be able to see him let's shrink Mac down and like those decisions like made it the game it is you know it's like, I should I should have I should have I don't have Mame on here and I should because there's enough times where I've been like oh I want to fuck around it's just for a few minutes with the arcade version or something when we're doing these so I'm surprised I haven't downloaded Mame and uh, on this laptop and and, and and tried it but the if I recall correctly I mean I think there were some of the puzzle elements in that version too like I think the boxers had it probably wasn't as well executed I imagine but I think some of that was in there but yeah clearly more fleshed out and yeah they, that and that's the whole thing like, moving into this they you know, it's kind of in every, it's, I'm sure it's on the wiki and just from now, we don't want to just read from the wiki here. There's no point in doing a podcast where we read from the wiki, but <laughs> uh, you know, part of the reason they switched to like coming up with making Mac small and putting it at the angle this view is at was a way to get around having to use the wireframe thing. Cause you need to be able to see the other boxer to react to him, you know? So mm-hmm. making them smaller and doing it the angle you do, where you basically are at knee high to this, these dudes, it was a very conscious decision to enable the ability to use that puzzle and tell element of the of, of the game, and be able to see that shit. So, yeah. anyhow, Glass Joe hails from Paris, France, and he's thirty eight and weighs a buck ten, sopping wet, and that is still three pounds heavier than Little Mac. <laughs> Crazy. So that's all it's given to you on a matchup card. You hit start, a round one card scrolls up, and it fades to the ring view. And the ring, in the minor circuit here anyways, has a blue mat. And there's an audience outside the back ropes of, of the of the, uh, 
of the ring. And Little Mac is at the bottom of the screen. Your opponent is in the top right corner. And referee Mario is center ring. And specific music plays for most of the early fighters as they posture a bit in their corner. That's the Glass Joe joint. And the bell rings and they make their way out to Mario to the fight music. That we will hear later. <laughs> and Mario says, fight in a text bubble with it's like the all the dialogue in this. I, I love it that Mario says that it's so this is just a won't. But like when you get <laughs> you you get when you get knocked out, like his TKO thing is you know, like it's, 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 the, yeah, the F towards some sort of like Charlie Brownie parent dialogue thing is cool to me. I like it, you know. Yeah. And I guess we could talk about the controls a little bit before we get into the Fighting Glass Joe. And so it's a pretty straightforward interface. You, up top, you have your stars, your hearts. You have stamina bars for both boxers, the life bars, basically. And then points for decisions uh, that tally up as, as you accumulate them. And then a timer and the round in the top right. And as far as your controls go, A is your right punch, B is your left. And if you just hit the buttons, Little Mac does body punches. And if you hold up on the D-pad while you do them, you get headshots and the start button does uppercuts. If you have stars, the max you can stock up on these at any one time is three and you lose one every time you get clocked. So that uh, again, it gets Tyson. It's probably where that becomes the most frustrating because you just cannot keep fucking stars on his ass. It's so frustrating. Left and right dodge or left and right do dodge. And then down will block. And if you hit the opposite direction immediately after dodging, you can you more quickly return to your base fighting stance. And this is just beyond critical to hang with the big dogs in this game. If you just like, I, you know, there was like a point in my life where I, I think like probably reading shit about Tyson, even though it never was enough to <laughs> even come close to beating him. The, like, that was not how I always played. I remember that being like a, a step in my Mike Tyson's punch out development, like learning to bring him back, mm. you know, and how critical that is uh, against the tougher boxers for sure. So, I mean, I mean, I would say, you know, it might be a third of the time I would say that that sequence is relative to the normal dodge. You know what I mean? So that's actually super macho, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was he Archery? I think, I think he's a, a, a super big dip between sand. <clears throat> but oh we man. Can... We'll get to that. <laughs> the, the block will not stand up to all punches, so you should use that wisely. And a way to get around situations where it does not work is you can double tap down twice to duck, which is really hard to do reliably for me. So, oh, yeah, I, I, it's bored. I like I, I, I you know. use it one time <laughs> accidentally, like try, <laughs> accidentally against Mister Dream trying again, like. A flurry of punches. I accidentally did it. I was like, "Oh, I've never even done that." Like, no. yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's doing that, doing a quick. I don't know if it's just my left thumb isn't good enough or what, but I would say, generally <laughs> speaking, anytime I have to do, there's other games where you might have to do like a quick two D pad thing, and like it just the same place to do it twice with your left thumb. I don't know. I just, I just don't have the. The tendon isn't there, man. That lets me do that quick, <laughs> quick, quickly and reliably. I just can't fucking do it. So yeah, the the duck is pretty pretty useless for me. And then select does fuck all, except regains life and when held between rounds, as we already discussed. And it's worth noting that you cannot pause in this game. There's no pausing. You have to stick it out until the end of the round or KO, no matter what, no matter how bad you have to piss, no matter how much mom's the only you to do something else. Doesn't matter. You can't fucking. You cannot stop. In between rounds, you got to go. So that's an interesting decision that I think I like for sure because it's very 
boxing appropriate, you know? So Dude, I didn't cool. know that at first. I was like sitting there trying to pause it. And I'm like, and because I forgot at first, it, like I said, I did not like the manual because I'm like, I don't need the manual for this game. Um, I forgot that the special punch was start and I kept hitting select. And so I wasn't, it wasn't going off and I couldn't pause it. So I was like, are my controls just maps? Like what's happening? Like until I realized, oh yeah, you can't. Okay. <laughs> None of that in this game. So Glass Joe is a huge pussy. He rarely gets offensive. He has a left hook and a right jab. Both are snail shit slow. And you can always knock him down at 42 seconds into the first round as he does this thing where he steps back a moment and he pumps his fist a couple times and then he comes at you. And if you body blow him just as he lands back in his fighting spot, he goes straight down with like a cool little... He does like a real cool... A uh, little facial expression. Uh, the the body blow knockdowns in this game in general have like a usually like a really cool reaction out of the boxer, and it's cool. Like Sandman's is beautiful when you when you actually get him on those body punches. He like he stays down, and he like his eyes are all fucked up, and his hands stay in front of his face, and he like slides back. You know? <laughs> yeah, the animations in this game are so well done. It's really cool. Yeah. So he will sometimes stay down for a KO on that at forty two seconds, and. Like looking at just looking at speed run times and shit like that, I think is the fastest possible way to knock him down is to get him to stay down on a KO on that thing at 42 seconds. So can confirm. I, re- <laughs> I, I remember that from a t- being a kid and I did it this time and I was like, yep, 42 seconds. And I punched him to the face. It wasn't even a body blow. And I'm like, yep, 42 seconds. I remember. Really? You got him in the face for that? Yep. I thought it had to be a body blow. That's interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's in line with him being a huge bitch. The, <laughs> the, an uppercut. Uh, puts him on his ass automatically as well, so prodding those out of him are wise if he doesn't stay down on that 42-second thing. And the best tactic for getting those out of him, in my opinion, are waiting till right before he punches. And like, like I said, they're so snail shit slow that you can see them coming. And you just give him a quick headshot, just pop his ass in the head whenever those are coming, and it'll give you a star. And then you can let him do the next punch, dodge, uppercut, knock him down. Dude, so I pretty- get no strategy on this guy. I just wail on him. and then <laughs> Like, you're not getting an opportunity to swing on me. Unless I'm just fumbling around, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If I, if he, if I'm like half-assing it enough to actually take a punch from him, it is a very demoralizing feeling. Like, <laughs> like, like probably the 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 words out of my mouth every time in my life that's happened are "What the fuck?" <laughs> like no way. Exactly. Man. Come on, you're better than this, Josh. Let's go. Right. So. God forbid you make it to the end of the round, the game cuts back to a similar screen to the pre-fight matchup card, and you experience some shit-talking from another boxer. In most cases, not the case with, with Glass Joe. He's pretty self-deprecating, actually. But uh, you also, so you have Doc. He will give you tips for your, your opponent. Some of them are useful. Most of them are not. Or maybe he'll tell you to join the Nintendo Fun Club. <laughs> and Glass Joe Smack Talk, which, as I mentioned, is not very confrontational. Those text blurbs or text instances are... Do I have time to take a nap before the fight? And then make it quick. I want to retire. This is my last match. I'm too old for fighting. And then lastly, watch the jaw. Don't hit my jaw. So those are, I would say, probably on the lesser end of the spectrum of fun. Some of the boxers are very fun. His are not. And whether you knock him down by KO or TKO, Mario pumps his arm a few times. Uh, For KO, he does it a few times. For TKO, he just does it the once, which is cool that that, he's more excited about the KO. Cool. And it said, actually says the victory condition in a text bubble. And again, you have the thing. And yeah, yeah, and it even counts. So 
I can never remember. I always have to like wait till I get to the thing. But I can never remember whether a TKO does count against us, does count as KOs in your record. And uh, they do. They do. TKOs count as KOs, which is good. So Little Mac runs out and faces the camera. He pumps his fist in the air as the bell rings and the crowd goes wild. Camera flashes come up from all over the crowd. And the victory sound cue fires up as we fade to a blue card with a boxing glove in the middle. And there's text over the top. It says WVBA minor circuit. Great fighting. You won by KO or TKO, uh, depending on how, or decision, if you won by decision, which would be really sad against Class Joe. And <laughs> my best time was 42.25 seconds in a round one KO first knockdown. Nice. And I'd actually, ne- until I started writing these down, I'd never noticed that it tracked decimals in here. So that's like super specific and, and, and pretty fun. I think that, you know, it really encouraged you to get like to the nanosecond, <laughs> your absolute fastest time. And that, that's cool. So it's, and it's also very hot for our infographic that I'm excited to to publish. Oh, so sure, what was your detail? 42 seconds. Like right. you didn't write down the fucking decimals. What's the matter no, with you, man? It's decimals, dude. What are you talking about? I work in finance. Like forget about decimals. Oh, uh, you seconds. You're the worst, man. So on to the next boxer. Von Kaiser is ranked number one. He's got a huge mustache with waxed ends, and he constantly wiggles his, his mustache and his headshot. Uh, he's a white dude, too. He has brown hair. He's 23 and 13 with 10 KOs. He's from Berlin, Germany. He is age 42, and he weighs a buck 44. He does also have his own pre-fight music. He is also a cakewalk, and he his tell for his left jab is a little head wiggle thing that he does, and you can get a few good head blows in after dodging that. And a fun fact, if you never swing at him at all, and I don't know why I thought to do this, but if you never swing at him at all, he will literally do these for three minutes straight in the first round. Like I was trying to get, I think, what was my goal? And I was trying to get to the in-between round thing for something or some reason or another. I didn't, I didn't do anything. And I just kept dodging his punches and didn't take a single one. And yeah, he just does that punch over and over again for three fucking minutes. So I thought that was funny. And then he will also bend down for uppercuts that are very slow. And if you tag him with the body blow on that, you get a star. And he'll do these in succession and like alternating the direction that he's facing. And so you can basically just stock up on three stars right in a row. So you like hit him in the hit him in the belly. He'll go blah, does do his thing, and then he'll go right back down for another one. And you can do it with the the other way, you know. So you can build up three real quick and then dodge the the fourth punch and. You can also do that with the jab, too. You can also get stars out on, uh, on that. But anyways, when you unload an uppercut on him while he's stunned, he also automatically goes down. He does like this weird like bah, 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 thing with his mouth. <laughs> and then he flies up into the air onto his back, you know, so pretty fun animation with him. And I would say that's probably the extent of his repertoire offensively. Uh, can you think of anything else? I don't think he does anything else. No, that's pretty much it, man. Put him on his butt. Yeah. I mean. So. His shit talk is, I was a boxing teacher at the military academy. So, yeah, his whole, like, uh, you know, it's been talked about a million times ad nauseum, but, like, all these boxers are, like, you know, it's probably not as far as actual racism, but it's, like, they all have, like, their xenophobic, stereotypical thing. Like WWF wrestling back in the day. Caricatures. That's kind of what it is. they're, They're heel caricatures for sure you know so his is absolutely that he's like a a militaristic german you know like he's so, wearing black boots and like brown tr- stretchy pants like like riding crop pants or something <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah yeah i feel like they should i feel like they should have cargo 
pockets on him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, furthermore, he'll say, I'll teach you a lesson. You will fall down. Surrender, or I will conquer you again. Very militaristic. And then lastly, your punch is soft, just like your heart. And my best time against him was a TKO in round one after a minute and six seconds. A minute, 106.99. That is impressive. That is impressive. I also pulled off a first round TKO. Mine was one minute and 30 seconds on the clock. So nice, okay. nice work there. Taking it down. Thanks. I, I totally remember this pattern, man. I got I got hit twice trying to like time my special and like just fumbling around. I was so mad, I'm like oh. Golly. I think it's easier than Glass Joe because he doesn't. You can get her like he doesn't. He's not able to defend against anything you do with Glass Joe. You, it's a little bit. He's a little bit more reactionary, you know. So yeah, he's super easy. You can get. I mean, three yeah, three knockdowns in a minute. And fucking is you know clearly he is. Not able to generate any defense whatsoever. <laughs> so after the wrap-up card for Kaiser, it scrolls to the title bout card, and it's those words big and bold with the glove behind it and a hot little ditty. The minor circuit title bout is against champion Piston Honda, and he has some seriously bushy eyebrow action that animate below a Karate Kid Daniel Sun-esque headband that he wears. <laughs> and he's 26-1 and one with 18 knockouts. He hails from Tokyo, Japan, is age 28, and weighs in at a, uh, 174 pounds. And he also has his own music. Good jam. I like his song. <laughs> yeah. His jab tell is an eyebrow twitch, and you can pop his ass in the face on it for a star. And he also has a right hook that you can catch him on the windup of in the face for a star. And his big power punch is another step back deal, the piston punch, where he steps back and he hops around back and forth. And then he bears down on you with alternating blows. That if you I mean if, if you don't blast his ass with a body blow, you all, it's also it's kind of the same as Glass Joe's. Like you got the idea is to hit him with a body blow just as he's landing back in his normal fighting position. But if you don't do that, if you don't get it he can waste your ass with this. Like even, even this early in the game, he's got, it's a pretty um, insistent punch that he, he just keeps alternating fucking uh, like not, not hooks or jabs. They're kind of like just haymakers, I would call them. So yeah, he can, he can get you if you, if you blow that, the timing on that. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd beat me on this guy. Cause I, I got very cocky and I would just like do stupid things like forgetting which button was block or like, thinking I could like hit him mid swing. Like I got this and I would just do stupid stuff like that. So yeah. I took him down in a second round TKO. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Round how many seconds? That's the city got to count the total number of seconds. Yeah. One fifteen. Okay. All right. So yeah, best time for me was two fifteen point four eight in round one on TKO. Okay. Nice. Nice. So Pistons shit talk between rounds. And I think I like his most in the entire game. His, his, I, I think his are the funnest. But he, and this is my favorite of all of, all of his, even out of, out of the subset. I'll give you a TKO from Tokyo. <laughs> That's good, pretty fun. And he's got another one that I didn't remember. It's fucking weird, but it's Sushi Kamikaze Fujiyama Nippo Nipponichi. <laughs> and so I don't even know what the latter two of those meant. The latter two mean Mount, <laughs> Mount Fuji and Nippon Day, and Nippon essentially just means Japan. And yeah, this one's really weird to me. I, I don't know. That's that one's very weird. I remember seeing that in the game and thinking like, I remember seeing this as a kid. 
what does this even mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, just the, saying Japanese stuff. Like, that. <laughs> yeah, weird. And then another one he says is, "You should wear a helmet when you fight me." And then lastly, where is my camera crew? Hello, Tokyo. So yeah, he's he's <laughs> fun shit talking. After you go through the winning celebration in the ring, the wrap-up card is a little bit different than the non-title bot ones. And we have so below the outcome time and type is, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. And little Mac is in a fighting stance on the left, and a little gold trophy is on the right. And after proceeding out of that, it fades to what is maybe the thing that this game is most famous for, the training montage sequences. And Doc is on a bike. Little Mac runs behind him in an all-pink sweatsuit. And it's scored with its own music that we already heard coming into this segment. And they buzz along a waterfront that, based on my NYC geography understanding, has to be Brooklyn. So, like, it's Manhattan Island is scrolling to the southern tip. And the Statue of Liberty, we're going right to left, so they must be on the eastern side of the island. And Brooklyn is the borough southern enough to be seeing the statue. And the, uh, this one is during the daytime. And I've seen, there was, there was I, I was listening to... The Tad Pog podcast is one I'm hotboxing right now. And they were, I listened to the Tyson's Punch Out. I happened to just get to it in my lineage of going back to the catalog uh, like a night or two ago. And the, they were talking about it. And there, how they read somewhere or saw something where someone was saying that, like, because of the positioning of the Statue of Liberty, that it should be Jersey. So there's a little bit, it's not the best, mm. if that's true. And I don't know, like, what way does it face? I'm not entirely sure. It faces towards the Manhattan, doesn't it? I thought so. It's because it's west. Well, I guess it is west of Manhattan, right? It is. Yeah, it's a little bit of the western tip, but still, I think actually maybe it should be. It should be. The idea is that it's welcoming ships into that bay, so right. it's maybe that it maybe it doesn't. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure which way it faces. So that could be right. <laughs> Basically, it's. I mean, in the in the animation, as you can see right behind me right now, it's facing directly towards brooklyn so if that's but it not... feels like it should be like maybe maybe the south of queens but really brooklyn sure yeah uh so yeah someone of one of our i think the on instagram this that dq slime pod the the dragon quest podcast i mentioned the, the, that guy made a comment on when i posted this picture that he actually went to new york and like did this once as just like a fandom thing and i was like oh my god i was in new york for 13 years i never crossed my mind i'm fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you know really really fun picture so he went to a waterfront in, in brooklyn and did it so that's funny so at the end of that sequence you get your pass key not password and then it's on to the major circuit and it is flat out ridiculous how much i enjoy these every single time despite, again, the fact that I've been experiencing them for 30 years. Like, it's just, the music is fantastic. The animation is fantastic. The placement of them, what they mean, the going from circuit to circuit, just everything about it is just fucking great. <laughs> you know, so. 100% agree. I think I went into my bedroom and just, like, sat and shut the door and just, like, played by myself and just, like, relished it for, like, hours. I was like, yes. This, but it's, yeah, it's so well done. So good. Such a good game. Especially at like it's the Nintendo level and, and like early NES level. It's like it's just in so many ways is so much further ahead than everything else available on NES at this time, you know? Well, because it struck a balance between being unique and fun 
with good music, colorful characters. Like it was like the mix of all that. And plus at the end, you knew you had like this dude with this big cachet, like, can I climb that mountain? Super, you know, super, to top it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apex Predator final boss for sure. So after that, we go into the major circuit, and Don Flamenco is first up here. He is ranked number three. He's got a very long face. He is 22-3 and three with nine KOs. He's from Madrid, Spain, age 23 and 152 pounds. And you're worth noting on the Little Max side, you're from age weight stats have gone are gone now. And the they put minor title holder there, so... More importantly, the belts you have than your statistics. I think it's a fun change. <laughs> and Don Flamenco does also have his own music. To which Flamenco dances out to spin a ring with a rose in his teeth before the fight. And I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> like, he's, he's easily the character in the game that rubs me, that grinds my gears the most. I fight. Not, not fighting him he's cake that's why he bothers me like he is just only his attitude and only his presentation he pisses me <laughs> off yeah and yes he's super easy even the latter one is comparatively very easy so uh, yeah i fucking hate this guy so yeah he's crazy easy to dust dust here this first time around he's got a his big power punch is this swooping uppercut that you can initiate pretty easily you just throw him a head blow and he'll block that he blocks everything so it's Accept this basically, so or, or accept this counter basically. So, he if you do that, he will give you this huge haymaker, this swooping haymaker that he does. And if you get hit by that, it'll I think it drops your ass, maybe. Uh, if not, it definitely does a lot of damage. But if you dodge it, then come back with alternating head blows left, right, left, right, he will stay stunned until you burn through his entire stamina bar. So, super fucking easy. And then he gets if he gets up from that. He will give you another one of those punches right away, but you don't have to prompt it. He'll just, he's, that's his first thing he does when he gets stuff in the knock. All you got to do is dodge every time. Just take one out. You do the same thing again. So, yeah, uh, however many times it talks, he's going down. Uh, Or how many, however many times it takes, rather, he's going down. And his shit talking stuff, he says, Carmen, my love, I dance so sweet for you. Hey, Mr. Referee Mario, I like your hair. I'm a beautiful fighter. I have such style. And people like my hair. Don't mess my hair. Fucked up. <laughs> so my best time was 38.61 seconds, a round one KO on the second knockdown. Oh, okay. All right. Look at you. Look at you. A KO. Okay. I didn't I don't know why I didn't get a KO. I got a first round TKO. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, no it's definitely, yeah, it, it, I'm, I mean, I went through this game a few times, so it was, you know, it, it probably... He just definitely he's not reliably knocked out on any of those, but you know, clearly it's yeah. it helps helps you. Yeah, hey. mine took mine took uh one twenty three. Yeah, but first round TKO. Easy, easy mode. All you have to do is dodge. <laughs> Next up, the eight year old Mii's arch nemesis, King Hippo. And the big hip is eighteen and nine with eighteen KOs, so he doesn't fuck around with decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and he is from Hippo Island in the South Pacific, and I did some Googling. There is no Hippo Island in the South Pacific. So there is one, however, in Botswana in Southern Africa, and it's called the Hippo Island Akavango Delta is the formal name for it. And there is another one in Antarctica, which is really just a hippo-shaped mountain that juts up from the surrounding ice ice shelf. It is not an actual island in the traditional land surrounded by water sense, you know, so... They made this place up, and it's the only one. <laughs> the only one that's that's the case, I think. So that's interesting. 
and his age and weight are unknown, which is also the only character that that is the case for. So I just, I don't know. I wonder why they took so much creative license with him uh, only, you know? He also has his own music. And hops his chubby ass out just in a ring, yelling with his mouth hanging open after it. So you cannot hit this fucking guy, right? <laughs> he, bl- he blocks all punches, head, body, left, right, nothing, except... When he does a couple, he'll do a couple bunny hops and then he yells before he punches and you can rock him in his kisser and then his pants drop and they reveal a, a bandaid or something on his belly. Like, I don't know what, explain to me exactly what's going on there. I don't know, but it reveals it's a that it's yeah. A band-aid, yeah. and you can drop a half dozen or so body blows on that, on the bandaid before he gets his shit back together. And it actually takes just four of those. Yeah, you got to get out of him. And, he, and then he waddles back and slumps against the ropes with his eyes all goony goo goo. And he can't get up from that. So it's an automatic 10 count, first down, first knockdown KO every time you, know, you get him. And that's not obvious. Even with that, I would say, even with that, like that thing in the instruction manual is definitely just a hint. Like it is not explicitly explained to you how to do it. So even with that information, it is not necessarily apparent how to get this fucker down and yeah if you like if you if you like his punches are absolutely brutal if they land them so if he lands them rather so like these huge overhead jabs down it you know down it you know and and obviously the one where he yells is a little more amped up and and does a little more damage so yeah i read this game as a kid from campus video in Oakland, ohio and the way they did things there was they had those plastic shell cases with these stickers on the inside cover that were like the incredibly abbreviated manuals. And uh, most importantly, in that abbreviated manual, they omitted this tip about being able to <laughs> knock on body blows if you can make him drop his guard. So without that, you don't have a, f- a fucking shot at dude. being this dude. So, dude, I couldn't beat him the entire time I had the rental. I like I put it. <laughs> I would put that. I remember putting in that major circuit code. So many goddamn times, and then you'd have to fucking knock out Flamenco's ass. And I didn't know, I didn't know that 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 cheese for him at the time either. So you have to go through all the way through him, and then just get knocked the fuck out yet again without even being able to land a punch on this fucking dude. And I, I remember just like crying out of anger alone in my parents' bedroom where the NES was hooked up. I was so fucking upset, <laughs> dude. I, I remember my cousin had the game. And I remember playing King Hippo so many times until I figured out what to do. Like it was like luckily you figured now, it out. Yeah, like you like I don't remember like all the details, but I did figure it out eventually. And then it was like, oh, there's friggin' like I don't know if I found it to the power tip or like I don't remember, but I know I figured it out. Because I obviously yeah, you know, like, eventually I, beat Mike Tyson. Saw, but. Yeah, I saw Nintendo Power much later. Like it was a rental. I didn't have the, that. I didn't have any Nintendo powers when I rented this game. So yeah, I found it much later. And you know, when I, uh, I just remember, you know, I don't, I don't remember again like the exact moment of it, but I know it was like a mind blowing revelation to me. Like you know, like I spent that entire weekend or whatever the rental was, the rental period that I had it, just like at wit's end, you know, and to read the relatively simple solution to that puzzle, you know, was, I don't know, it was like the, you know, the first time doing it on him is like the, just the world being lifted off your shoulders, you know, <laughs> 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 just, the fucking, just such an alleviation of frustration and 
accomplishment. Like I figured it out. Like, oh my gosh, like that's all it took. You got Yeah, it's freaking nuts, man. <laughs> I that feeling was like the minute I saw him, I was like, Oh, you in that band-aid. I hit you in the mouth, in the stomach. You know, it's like so yes, yeah, oh. such a gatekeeper, I think, for probably so many children. Uh at the oh, time, man. You know? Especially if you don't have this freaking tip like instruction manual, apparently. Yeah. And if you don't know it and you actually find yourself between rounds against him, he does some shit talking and he either knocked you the fuck out before you, yeah, before you saw it or you dusted him off first usually. But if, if you do get there, he says, do you like my trunks? They are sized XXX large. Ha, ha, ha. The next one is ha, ha, ha. I am the king. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then uh, another one is I feel like eating after I win. Let's go to lunch. Ha, ha, ha. And lastly, I have my weakness, but I won't tell you. Ha, ha, ha. So he's very jovial. <laughs> Despite all the yelling he does, he's a very jovial guy. So my best time against him was a minute and four even, point zero zero round one KO. Okay, I got 53 seconds. Really? Fuck you, Jay. Dude, I was, I, like I said, I did it like, I forgot the pattern the very first time. And like, it took longer and I was mad at myself. And I came back and like, yeah. Like that one was such because it was one one of those things that as a kid it was so triumphant I did it over and over and over like just to <laughs> satisfaction to, yeah <laughs> it, it is you know the like it's your time because you know you just if you know what you're doing it's it's pretty easy to dodge the punches so it's not a matter of threat it's, but you you have to wait until he gives you those opportunities you can't you can't. Generate. Can't anticipate and try. To, like, I know. There, I'm sure there is like speedrunners. I'm sure have figured out the fucking exact math of getting him to just give you four quick ones in a row. But you have to wait because he'll do just the normal punches in between. You have to wait through those to get the opportunities to actually hit his ass. So I'm sure and if that... you stick him, if you like punch his face, he'll do that that like I don't know that switch thing, and then he'll right. initiate again. So it's like all right, here we go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the kind of it's like you just kind of have to wait, get the luck of the draw to have as few of the non power punches as possible to help your time, you know. So that's my excuse for having a longer time, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so the great tiger is on the docket after that, and he easily the meanest looking dude yet. His face is all snarled up, and he has a turban with a jewel on the front of it, and a tiger pelt hanging on the ring post behind him, and incredibly stereotypical. Indian fa- fashion, and he is 24, five, 24 and 5 with a meager three, 3 KOs. He must fancy himself a real tactician, and he is from Bombay, India, age 29, 132 pounds. He does not have his own music cue, and he's the first guy where that is the case, and I wonder how those determinations were made. Like, it's the first five guys, and then Soda Popinski. You know, so you know, your best guess is always just limitations on the cart as far as shit goes but it, you know why skip a bunch and then maybe they just really like soda popinski's music i don't know and it is good soda popinski's music is good but i don't know like I, I just would be curious to know the story behind exactly how the decisions were made there you know so getting into his fighting style that jewel on his turban tips you off about his jab which you cannot preempt as far as, as i have found and the you just got to dodge that and then tag him with a one to the melon uh, until he gives you his uppercut look which is very similar to von kaiser's and that you can you can just body blow in the direction he's coming from with it and build up three quick stars and then put him on his ass with those like dodge the uppercut stun him and then whack his ass he does not go in at one you have to burn through him and actually like the best way like i learned trying to maximize timing on him 
I would learn to like normally you get the three stars historically as a child. I would I just get three stars, burn through them and knock them down. But that because he doesn't give you get up and give you the uppercut look right away necessarily, or you'd have to build them back up. It's best to get those back out, like give him a couple uppercuts, build back up to three while he's doing the uppercut sequence in a real quick succession and then knock him down. That way, when he gets up, you have three ready to go and you can just knock him down real quickly. So I I developed that tactic to, to get my best time with him. If you don't do that and you last until around, it's around two 30 into the first round, he'll give you his special punch, the tiger punch. And this is another backup deal. So he backs up and he does a little juju conjuring thing where he kneels and moves back and forth. And then he begins quickly circling the full circumference of the ring. And he drops a blow on you each time as he passes by. And the thing with this is if you block five in a row, he stops stunned. And you can just knock him down with one head blow. And if you don't do that, you're probably getting put on your your ass as well. Because he will fucking, this punch will, will hurt you. It'll just go until you get it right, you know, so... I remember that being a little frustrating as a child too, even if once I got past what's her name. So the shit talking from him is a kitten is no match for a tiger. And I like that one. And he also says, beware my tiger punch. He also says, I have purred long enough. Now hear me roar. And lastly, so a pussycat wants to fight a tiger. And that's pretty edgy stuff for Nintendo of America, I think. We're <laughs> calling you a pussy in there like that, you know? So that was pretty bold of them. And my best time was a two minute and 32 second flat round one TKO. I didn't even get to a special punch. And I, and I was very proud of that because I don't, I don't know if I'd ever done that in my life. That's impressive. Like I wasn't watching speedrunners or anything. Like I just always expect to have that happen. I, TKO'd him, but mine was in the second round. So 145, I messed around a bit. So that's freaking impressive, man. <laughs> it's all about. I just, I like took my time. I definitely didn't speed up on this guy at all. I was definitely just kind of, all right, you know. Yeah. He's, well, he's the first one that, yeah, you really got to box with for sure, you know. Um, yeah. There's no gimmick, really, you know, other than that special punch thing, which happens at the very end of the round. So title lot time after that. And is against Major Circuit Champ Bald Bull, and he has a very pointed dome piece, bushy eyebrows, <laughs> sideburns, and stash, and he's also a very mean-looking dude. And I've met more Turks than your average American farm boy, but none of them looked like Bald Bull here. <laughs> <laughs> very extreme caricature of a Turkish man. And he's thirty-four and four with twenty-nine knockouts. He's from Istanbul, age thirty-six, and weighs in just two pounds shy of three bills. And I would say Bald Bull is your first, like, real no-joke opponent, you know? Uh, Yeah, he he uses some Ali-like glove spin action to distract you and has three main punches. He has a left jab, a right hook, and a straight-on crouching uppercut thing that are all way fuck faster than anything you've seen from any boxer prior to this. (laughs) So, yeah. And then he also has his very famous bull punch where he backs up to the back left corner of the ring. He crouches down and then he charges at you in three hops. And the last of which transitions to a big uppercut. That is a one hit drop if if it lands on you. So the counter to this is a body blow just after the second hop, which makes his eyes go wide and his lips pucker before he <laughs> weird noise and goes down and it's not easy to gauge that second hop man i don't i don't give a shit how good you are mike tyson i don't care how long you've played in your life 
like it is it it's i cannot get it i've you don't get it every time i just cannot you know and it's uh you know as i already mentioned there's not a single time in my life where i did get it and i was not wildly satisfied and pleased that i did so so you know that's that's just incredibly good job by taquita and whoever else worked on it like it's just fucking such a good thing <laughs> good video game thing dude even seeing his face just like brought back that immediate feeling like oh i kind of like you know that meme where you're like sitting back playing the game and as soon as you see him you set forward that's kind of <laughs> like i was like all right all right yeah. get your head in the game like let me put the headset on kids leave me alone let me focus <laughs> Yeah, you get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then if you if you dodge it, and it, it doesn't get you, he'll just back up and do it again. So you you know you have to. You're either one of you is going down here, or the rounds ending. One of the, one of the three, you know. So <laughs> that's a very you know poignant thing. So after my best run, I got hit with two of those in the first round, or rather, on my best run, I got hit with two of those in the first, and and I got his, his ass on both of those to, to get a TKO on the first. And that is not a normal thing for me at all. So that's how I dealt with him. And I would also say worth pointing out with him, he milks the shit out of going down. So like we haven't mentioned it yet, but I think there's some math behind the amount of time they stay down. And the longer they stay down, the more life they get back when they stand up. So he will rarely get up prior to an eight count and he's therefore deliberately maximizing the amount of time and then in turn the amount of life that he gets back on a knockdown, which is a fucker thing to do. And speaking of that, it's total fucking bullshit that Mario stops counting whenever they start to get up. So there's like there's their they're getting up animation is a two step thing. Every boxer has like a, a midpoint where they like get off the mat a little bit, but they're still on their knees and elbows and. Uh, or at least on their knees or butt or whatever it is, and they're not actually up yet. And when little Mac goes down, the you know you can you hit the we haven't mentioned that either. But when you go down, you like have to alternate the buttons back and forth to get up. And you know the more winded you are, the the more you've got your clock clean, the harder it is. And it says get up above him, and it's almost like the get up is in the way. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's more frequently there when you're when you're too tired to get up, uh, and he keeps counting while your sprite is in view and not all the way up. Cause like when you go down, you're all the way off screen as you hit the buttons, mm-hmm. he'll come up into screen a little bit and it's fucked up that they keep counting while you're at the middle stages of getting up, but they don't for them, you know? So oh, yeah. some hometown shit that the instruction manual mentioned, I guess, but very yeah, frustrating. Like, oh, oh, he's like, Oh, you're getting up. Wait, Oh, oh or you're staying down. And yeah, yeah, the ones, you know, the boxers that, that are capable of staying down that are a little on the more difficult side. It's like, it's very like, there is like a, there's like, again, a good, a good, de- um, a good serotonin delivery medium in the design of this where you are like on edge, like, no, cause they can, yeah, they can get up on that mid thing and then go back down. So like you, you have that moment where you're like, oh, stay down, you mother. <laughs> You know, and, and I knew with Bob Bull that he was just going to mess with me and do that. And so I was just like, I don't believe you. I was just yeah, sitting there yeah. waiting. Like I knew you were trying to just. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I'm yeah. not. I don't think you can KO Bob Bull. I don't think it's possible. I I, I, I don't recall ever doing it. So yeah. So so my best time was a two minute and thirty four seconds point six one oh. one TKO. 
Nice. I was also shocked with a round one TKO, but mine was 250. So I had 10 seconds left. I was like, ah, yeah, he, he hit me with one, too. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to make it out of the round. <laughs> I have one of my Tyson video where I was about, you know, I was on the second or going into the third knockdown, third round. Like I hadn't beat him yet uh, via TKO. And like he like didn't give me anything. He just stood there. Like a fucking bitch for like the last 10 seconds. He didn't fucking do anything for me to counter. And the time the clock ran out on me and he had just like a little bit of life left on the third knockdown. I was like, you bounce. I went, I went off. I was like, well, you bitch, you bitch. Like you're such a bitch. Like, I can't believe you just stood there like that. You bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was just so defensively just like, yeah, I'm just going to run. Like you bitch. Oh, that is such a bitch move. <laughs> Especially because I had, I mean, not that, you know, that I theoretically, they don't know how many points you have and how that's mm-hmm. going to transfer the decision. Because the way it works is each boxer has like a a number of points you have to get to to win via decision. You know, each boxer has uh, a specific. Uh, I wondered how that worked. Yeah. yeah. So like Tyson is five grand. So if you can get five grand against Tyson, you're, you're, and just make it to the end, you win by decision. And I, you know, I was the way I was going, I had him at like 6,000 or something by the end of the thing, but I, I wanted the TKO. And, you know, so like it pissed, it, it was even more of a bitch move that like he should have known that he was going to, you know, you can usually like a boxer knows it's rare that it's close. Like a boxer mm-hmm. usually knows whether they're going to be able to win by decision going into that last round. So to, to just kind of wait it out and not try to get the win is a super bitch move. I think if you know, you're losing, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, unless he knows the hometown ref is in his pocket or so, you know, the judges. Uh. So after copying that major circuit belt, it's back to the training grind. And this time you do your jog with Doc against the backdrop of a backdrop of a nighttime Manhattan skyline. Otherwise, it's identical. And well, like the things are lit up differently too, like the Statue of Liberty and stuff. And you get your passcode at the end of that and looks dope. Same great song, and the nighttime Statue of Liberty, it, yeah, it's emanating like a highlighted lighting accent that is, it's more reminiscent of something like from Ghostbusters than how it would look actually lit up at night by incandescence being shined onto it, you know? It's like, it's like, it's like coming out, the, the light's coming out of the highlight, it's like a yellow highlight, or yellow light coming out of the highlights of the statue, and clearly, you know, it's just limitations on the fucking Nintendo pixel stuff, but uh, it, it, yeah, it reminded me of Ghostbusters for some reason, I wanted to mention that, so... After these messages, we'll be right back. Power, power, power. Now, you are playing with power. Punch out by Nintendo. Play with power. Eleven world-class contenders. Take them down with your controller, beat them all, and you've got a shot at Tyson's title. Power. But for that, you've got to beat Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. That's the tried-and-true original Nintendo commercial for this game. And I love how they don't let Iron Mike talk at all in it. (laughs) He's like, just... just He'd just be there, yeah. Yeah, He laughs a little bit at the end, but that's it. And yeah, so he's sitting there playing the game, and that's the funny thing about the whole story of him having never played the game before. <laughs> that there's a commercial showing him playing the game, but he wasn't actually playing it. <laughs> Which is how movie magic works, for sure. Yep. 
And that is bringing us into the world circuit of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And heading into that circuit, you get the first repeat matchup with the second instance of Piston Honda, who is ranked at number five. And never have noticed this before playing for the pot here, but his record is now 26-2, and two, 18 KOs. And he was 26-1 and one in the minor circuit title bout. So the loss to Little Measy here was tallied, but he hasn't had any fight otherwise. And... I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about boxing to really know whether this is asinine or not. Like logic would suggest his presence here is higher up in the overall rankings. So shouldn't he have to knock a cat or two out after losing to me to get to this higher place in the rankings? Uh, but then also, like I don't know. You could also say like it's a different circuit. So maybe that might yeah. be comparable to like the WBC versus the W, whatever the fuck the other ones are. And maybe they have their own standalone rankings and you can get knocked the fuck out in one and still hold steady in another. Or, I don't know. Or even be lower in the other, but Mac has to kind of start at the bottom with that circuit. Yeah, I still don't know exactly how that works, but that I love that kind of stuff as a kid. Like I, I definitely noticed that. And I was like, Oh yeah, he, they tallied my loss there. That's really cool. Yeah. Like the way I looked at it was like the world circuit is higher and Piston Honda at the time, if he's 26 and one, then he was at whatever ranking in the world circuit by right. virtue of the uh, fact yeah. that he's the minor title holder. And then this unknown beat him. So he's still up there, but like, right, right, how right. was that a fluke? You know what I mean? Maybe Mac hasn't proven himself yet. Oh, that's the way I kind of took it. That, that, that makes sense. And it's why I can't really get into boxing. It's it's just like <laughs> it's just cow's football. There's no definite nature to the crowning of the champs. There's just all this subjectivity from asshole governing bodies that go into the outcomes, and that's to me bullshit. You know, like there should be an absolute unification, un, an absolute unified, determined by performance against the comparable competitors that determines who what's it be tough unless you had like a league you know what i mean where you had to like round robin type of thing like like right. the olympics so, kind of so, thing or something. so fucking get one <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> neither of neither of the professional boxing and college football neither of them are short on cash bro so figure it the fuck out yeah <laughs> college football has a structure in place handle it i mean no, I'm sure you could work out of, but there's still a bunch of subjectivity and people get left out that you know if they're I'm, undefeated. I'm saying, I'm saying because they already have leagues and stuff like you could easily do this. I'm saying with boxing, it'd be a little tougher because I don't know how quickly you can turn around boxing matches like realistically. Well, the thing is, it, it's just like it's the same thing with college. It's the, the reason that it's not possible or that it's even remotely difficult is the same reason it's difficult in college football, and it's because people are making money by the making their own money by the diversified nature of it. And if you were to consolidate it, there would have to be concessions and agreements that likely wouldn't appease every single. Like now we got to kind of pay people more evenly because we need everybody to fight each other. So you need five fights. And it's like, well, I should get paid this. Like, but why we're all the, yeah, exactly. It'd be tough. If jab was here, he would, he would give us a capitalistic rant. The, I just, well, I just wonder how long, like, just the physical side of it because obviously there's like the wear and tear with like professional football being a weekly thing and how you know that gets on people i just wonder like with boxing how realistically like how many fights could you have in a theoretical boxing season 
you know, oh, and how short of a time. Yeah, that's one aspect of it too. Last, that, that's, you know, yeah, that's an aspect that's worth mentioning. There is a lot of time you can't, you know, you come out of a boxing match where you got your ass whooped, even if you won, and there's like recovery time required. Yeah. You know, you you're can't not trying just, to come back next. Yeah, time. yeah, you're just not. You're not. You know, you're not getting into a fucking tourney and like fighting like multiple twelve round boxing matches against heavyweight fighters and just coming back out and doing another one. Like that's not even remotely physically responsible, let alone possible. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, so that that's certainly, that's a complicating matter, too, that I guess is worth mentioning, but I don't care. Figure it out. <laughs> All that matters is my entertainment. I don't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> so our boy P. Honda definitely mixes shit up for the second fight. His jab is now three in quick succession instead of just the one and it's still tipped off by the eyebrow tick but he'll do three in a row and his normal uppercut is now much faster both into and coming out of the crouch and he's added a second uppercut where he goes into the crouch and stays in it and he wiggles back and forth real quickly a few times before unloads it unloading it and his special punch is now just a quick backup and then right back at you so there's no dancing around uh, uh, before before coming back at you and you can still get his ass with the body blow on the return approach but I'd say you need to be way more precise on the timing because of the speedier nature of it. And yeah, it's it's much more difficult to land this time around than the first. Yeah, and this, one, one. Go ahead. So, so go ahead. I was going to say this whole circuit to me was just like I just forgot the order. I forgot how many people that you had to repeat. Like I, went, I remember there were went some, through it. but then it was like you went through it far few times, far fewer times in your life than you blown through the first one. So yeah, exactly. And I, I'm like, I'm like, what is happening? I forgot his pattern. So yeah, man. It, I I was kind of pissed off at myself, but I was just like, whatever. I don't even want to care. I fight this freaking guy again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's much harder this time for sure. He the one upside to him I will say is he will stay down every time if you catch him with the body with the body blow on his on the mm-hmm. piston punch, he'll stay down for a KO. So that's one aspect of that's good about him. So with the shit talking, the both him and Flamenco both have a new piece of dialogue for just the world circuit. So I think that's kind of fun. So his new piece of dialogue, he'll still say all the other things too from the first time, but he'll also say something new here. And that is, I still remember our first fight. Now I'm going to pay you back. Banzai. And that's, that's also pretty fun. Again, again, he's just probably the funnest character should talk he wants. So my best time against him was a one minute, even 0.99, a round one KO on the first knockdown. And that was obviously with his piston punch. What about you, Jay? Nice. Like I said, mine was much more disappointing second round, but TKO in 149. So it just, yeah, took me longer. I did, yeah, didn't remember his pattern, screwed around, and got pissed off, and just beat him, and then just moved on. <laughs> so it goes. So the Popinski is ranked number four, and he is a big, bald Russian cat that's legit binge drinking right there in the ring. He's holding a bottle that I think reads pop on the side. And yeah, right, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He's 33 and two with 24 KOs. He's from Moscow, USSR, a little cold war action there, baby. And he is age 35, 237 pounds. And as I mentioned earlier, he does have his own music. The only world circuit dude with that honor. And he walks out and he puts his hands on his hips and he laughs at you to kick thing, kick the fight off, and that's a very prick move. <laughs> so he's got a really quick right jab, a lightning fast uppercut from either hand. Uh, though I would say the left is a little more frequent, frequent. And I just 
as I mentioned, like I could not fucking move fast enough in my old age to not get clobbered by these uppercuts, dude. And his special punch is actually probably the easiest thing to defend because he does this. There's a sound cue before it and a little foot dance that he does before a succession of three right jabs. So that's probably the easiest aspect of his of his uh, offensive set, you know, and. Well, this shit talking first. After you lose, we'll drink to your health. Ha ha ha. I can't drive, so I'm going to I'm going to walk all over you. I drink to prepare for a fight. Tonight, I'm very prepared, and that's good. That's a fun, <laughs> fun joke. And I would I'm I'm going to make you feel punch drunk. And would you like some punch to drink? Ha ha ha. So he's got five. And yeah, man, I saw so I you know and I, I still don't believe it. Like, I think it, it had to be some technical shit. For the first 35 years of my life, bro, I have beat this prick damn near every time, and I did not need any cheese tactics. I could just box with him. Dodge and counter and put him on his ass. And it's crazy to me. Like, yes, there's potential of the timing stuff with the emulation things, and I think that is a very true thing that even on OG hardware you're dealing with not a CRT it's a little weird on emulation it's obviously weird so like yes that factors in but I don't know man like it's just crazy to me it's so crazy to me that I could not beat him straight up it just was so fucking nuts to me uh, yeah I mean I, I, like I was <laughs> I I was so upset that I looked How did you beat him then like, so yeah so you- I, I got upset I looked up his tells only to find that he doesn't really have any as far as like letting you know a punch is coming. But he does have a thing where I, I, what I read was that you could duck when he goes down for his uppercuts and that would freeze him in his crouch. And you can body blow him on that and it gets you a star. And basically that is the the way to defend that lightning fast thing you know but like I, you know, I read that and I'm like we talked about it earlier already like the ducking thing like I'm not fucking like I can't get out of the way with one button how the fuck do you think I'm doing two before I get my clock clean like there's no way that's gonna work so I read that and I was just kind of like well f- that's fucking useless there's no way you know and I, I swear to god my life dude I had never done it before so like I was like I know I don't need that I've beat this guy a million times I didn't need that so that coupled with what my perceived difficulty of accomplishing it was I was just like I just kept going and going and going and that's when I moved over to the to my laptop to stream. Ah. Yeah. So, you know, I, yeah, I was just under the impression that the, this was the video game version of man shit. Like, you just got to get good. You know, you got to get sit and practice, get good. So I built out a, a, like a proper, like this is what led to me deciding to stream, basically. So I built out a proper streaming graphic layout. I took our ISOH frame with all the screenshot chaos and figured out how to create a background for my webcam which uh, I use the give up, retire thing, which is pretty fun, I think. And like I said, it's on each side of my head, give up, retire, the whole time I'm playing, which is cool and in line with probably how I felt most of the time. And I did it the right way. So I, like, I, did, I put in four fucking hours playing this fucking game uh, on, on my first stream of it. And I was going to start at the beginning and then went all the way through to about a half dozen attempts against Tyson on that first thing. And like I said, over four hours. So it was, it was a fucking slog. And it took me so many tries to get past this prick, Poppinski. And even more for Sandman. But so so the whole time I'm playing, the reason this is all pertinent is the whole time I'm playing, damn near that entire four hour thing is fucking impressive. Well, like one of one of our Lord disciples, Al Paquette, 
was kind enough to hang out and kind of just be be my corner man, you know. And <laughs> nice. so he's coaching me and giving me tips and shit. And, you know, that's clearly pretty cool. And I was pleasantly surprised. General, in general, actually, with the interaction I got, I was surprised how many people dropped in and shit while I was playing that first time over that long ass hall. So, you know, I had like I didn't it wasn't announced or anything. It was just, I literally turned it on and just started going. So Facebook must do a good job of pushing those streams, you know. Anyways, Alan gave me the keys of the fucking kingdom, man. He, like, he, he tipped me off that you don't need to actually duck to get Pop and Ski to freeze. That all you got to do is do the block. So only one D-pad depression. And it'll accomplish the same fucking thing. And that's a world of fucking difference as far as the difficulty of making it happen before he gets the punch off, you know. And if you get in the, the really cool thing about it with that is if you get it wrong, because the whole thing is the reason it's hard is because there's no tells for whether he's going to do the hook or the uppercut. Right. So if you get it wrong and it's not an uppercut, it's a hook. Your block will actually stop the hook and he'll just quickly do another hook. So you can you can bank on that second hook coming. So basically there's no. Bad outcome to trying the block, you know what I mean? So that clearly, it, it eliminates all the indecision and all the essentially difficulty of him, you know? So, learning, once I was able to do that reliably, he, he became absolute fucking cake, dude. And there's, I just never would have known that if Al hadn't been there. <laughs> say, say Chad, I never would have figured that out, and I would have been fighting that guy for God knows how long, you know? Um, that blows my mind, man. Like, <laughs> Like hearing you talk about it, we've approached this fight in such different ways. Like I, <laughs> the idea of ducking, I never did. Blocking in this fight, barely ever did, unless he was doing that straight punch. Otherwise, I'm just dodging and sticking him down. And it's funny because seeing his face pop up, it was like that immediate like, I might not beat this game. This dude might stop me because I remember how long it took me as a kid. So I was shocked, and like. He beat me several times, but I, I, it didn't take me nearly as long as I expected. Like no? I was shocked. Good yeah. fucking job, dude. Yeah, I no, TKO'd I, him. I TKO'd his butt in the second round. But yeah, genuinely not fast enough. Well, no, like, but I mean, you're. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you approach a fight looking for ways to like stun him and get the stars. Like, my no, my no, 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 no. I didn't. I played oh, the game a million fucking times. Like, that's what I'm saying. I never, <laughs> I never knew about that as a kid. So I always beat this guy straight up, just just dodging and countering. And to me, not being able to do that anymore is it's just crazy to me because I'm telling you, it was reliably I could do it without really any fanfare. And it's just crazy to me that you know whether whether it's the technical differences and I have some sort of program like I would I just would preempt it like I couldn't. That's a general thing. I'm like I don't know. I don't know if that's just a lack of really being dialed in and having played it as much recently as maybe as I would have as a kid fighting this, fighting this guy or even as a teenager when I'm thinking I would have still been playing it. Like, but I would preempt. It wasn't a matter of not being able to dodge. It's uh, he has all these pauses, and I would always preempt his oh, punches. That was me on Mike Tyson. Heck yeah, that was yeah. me on Well, that. yeah, I did it on Tyson too, for sure. Like, any 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 of the, like, I do it on Sandman. And, like, that's what I mean. Like, I, like, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, genuinely I'm just physically slower or... <laughs> If it was just an inability to really have the balls to wait out punches to just react to and not preempt, you know, and yeah. that was the problem with him is preempting them. And, you know, if you his the uppercuts are so fast that if you preempt it, 
you're getting like you're, you're that's, you see, that's multiple yeah you see yourself coming back and getting clobbered and then you're pissed and when you get and just like tyson said in the the thing you get pissed off it's not a good thing in this game it's gonna fuck you up yeah. so <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just very very tough very very tough so yeah i was able to perfect that and then basically beat him with i could i beat him without taking a punch and, and that dear lord yes. disciples is fucking teamwork <laughs> So yeah, my best time against them ended up being a minute fifty three point two five of round one TKO, which wow. clearly wow. better than getting knocked the fuck out TKO'd yourself. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I said, mine was TKO two fifty two in second round. So. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So uh, gloriously moving on to the next boxer, it is Bull Bull Redo. And he redux and he's ranked at number three and his record now is 34 and five with 29 KOs. And again, it's just the one loss being added since he dropped his ass the first time. And this prick is an absolute war of attrition. He, (laughs) the biggest change from the first fight is that he can only be knocked down with star punches. So you can't knock him down just countering his stuff. And they're relatively easy to get out of him. Like he even does a freebie opportunity where he lifts his hands up and down and invites you to clock him for one, you know? So it's not that they're hard to come by. It's, you know, you take a lot of punches from them, you lose them. If you, you want to use them before then. So if you don't have one available because you already used it right when you get them down, it's a little frustrating. So there's just like, you know, it's, it's a lot about whittling his life down, saving one of those babies and having it available to finish them off with. And he also still has his bull punch and he'll cut down. He'll cut that down to a two hopper sometimes. And that can really catch you slipping <laughs> instead of a three hopper, you know, and then you have to get them on one hop to the thing. So, Dude, this one is the first one that I felt like you actually have to box with. Like, it's not like this is the first one that it didn't seem like, okay, there's just a pattern to follow. Like, I got to stick and move and stick and move. And like you talk about like the last guy, this is the one that to me stalled. Like I had him multiple times where I had like had him dead to rights and like like my punches wouldn't go off. And I was like, what is happening? Like he should have gotten like knocked out in like record time. It was so frustrating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up like at the end of it, like waxing his ass pretty, pretty nice in the first round, but it was, yeah, he's it's definitely it, it was definitely not that way at first because <laughs> I can approach it the same way, like, all right, what's the pattern? And he would just do different stuff, and uh, yep. I would just have to react. Yep, he's tough, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like you know, I have I have a theory that there is this oscillation and in difficulty intentionally presented by the developers where we have this ball bulls a high. Don Flamenco is a low. Don Flamenco 2 is a low. And then Sam Man is another high. Super Macho Man's a low. Tyson high again. You know, I feel I feel there's like an intentional effort to give you a breather so you don't fucking break the cartridge. <laughs> you know, fighting impossible boxer after impossible boxer. Kind of like Dig Dug 2, where you would have like the crazy levels that took us a while, then it'd like go down for sure. Yeah. For a little yeah. Bit. yeah. Gotta say that's good game design. Uh, it's you know, you're not gonna have a happy player if they break their cartridge. <laughs> so his shit talking. He has a new one this time too, and he says this time I'm gonna charge right over you. In addition to his again, it's like the new one is always alluding to the previous defeat that they experienced, which is a cool, nice touch. So my best time against him was 139.25, a round two TKO. Nice, nice. I got him with a. First round TKO two thirty four. Oh fuck you, Jay. The because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I kept like after a while, like after figuring out that I couldn't just repeat a pattern with him, 
like I was just dialed in and like it was stalling <laughs> and I would think I was knocking him out and I'd be like, oh, I almost like TK Joe, TK Joe in like a minute and a half. Like it was just, yeah. yeah, I got some definite fortunate RNG there. Yep. So yeah, as I mentioned, Don Flamenco is ranked number two or Don Flamenco number two is ranked number two. So he's 22 and four, nine KOs, same shit there. And he's got a substantially more varied fighting style. He works in a jab and a hook to go along with the haymaker, but I again say he's still cake. Al had another hot tip for him, actually, that I never knew here. You can cop a star by body blowing him, right? Like when you see his jab coming, he's got a little bit of a tell with it. They're they're both pretty, the hook and the jab are pretty slow still. So you can see him coming. And if you pop him in the stomach right as it's about to come, uh, he like raises his hands here. Actually, it's funny. They have him going right now. I I happen, my playthrough video that's going happens to be right at him. So I'm watching it happen right now. But anyways, you can still drain him pretty good with the alternating head blow thing for the haymaker but it won't work all the way through the whole stamina bar this time like he, he eventually he, he pulls up and the shit talking new line is flamenco strikes back return to don and that's just i fucking hate this dude so my best time against him was two minutes 25 seconds 0.48 in a round two tko nice nice yeah i definitely took one on the chin in this one and i don't remember what was going on in my life at the time. <laughs> I'm like looking at my time like, is that right? I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't, I have no explanation for a third round TKO at 225. So I don't I mean, know if like, I was having tension or like what was going on. Yeah, there's no, you know, he's not difficult, but there are no easy outs with him. You have to box with him. So that's, you know, I mean, yeah, like, you know, basically end of round two for me and I consider him cake. So you know, the, there's there's definitely like uh, you have to whittle him down for sure, and he doesn't stay down on KOs for the most part. I don't think so. Yeah, you have to you have to work on him. Mister Sandman is ranked number one, and he is a huge ass black dude, menacing smile in his headshot. He's twenty seven two with twenty one knock the fuck outs, and he's from Philly, age thirty one, weighs two eighty four, and this dude is a goddamn beast, man. <laughs> so he starts off round one with like fifty seconds of just his jab, which has an even faster Ali glove spin thing than ball bulls, you know? And there's a rhythm to them, but he uses pauses really fucking well, man. Like, I think, you know, after having finally beat Tyson, I'd still say that he's probably the toughest guy in the game here. Sandman, I mean, even more so than Tyson. You know, he's got, he's, he's much more, there's much more variance and less predictability in his behavior. And just generally, I think he's fucking very, very difficult. Dude, I, I thought he was the the last boss for the longest time. Like in my mind, like just memory, like before I started, you know, looking into the game, reading about it again, I forgot that Super Macho Man came after him. Because in my mind, it was like <laughs> Mr. Sandman. It was like Soda Popkins. Soda Popinski was the guy. Then Mr. Sandman was like, oh man, like I gotta take him down before I can even like attempt Mike Tyson. So yeah. like, yeah, he was definitely the dude in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, like, I, again, listen to that other pod talk about just shit about this game. You know, they were saying, like, you know, there, there's, like, it's hard not to draw parallels with Little Mac and Rocky. You kind of inherently have to do that. And it's interesting, kind of, and a little bit, that Mac is from New York, and the toughest, if you say Sandman is the toughest boxer in the game, he's from Philly, which is where Rocky's from. And I don't like, I don't, I, I'd be curious to know if there was any conscious aspect of of that choice you know uh in 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 relation to rocky but 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this dude across the board, like his hooks and his uppercuts, also are largely predicated on like lulling you into a, a you know, a, a, sl- a, a like zoning out and then fucking catching you before you can react. And it's super hard, man. Like those so stunning punches. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. So like, yeah. So he he comes out of that fifty first fifty seconds of the jab thing, and he gets into his hook game, which those can come from either side, and like. This is probably this is the easiest part about biting that the most predictable thing because you know you can there's a little bit of wind up to it it's way s- comparatively slower than the jabs and yeah you can kind of get into it there's a little bit of rhythm to it so if you like you dodge and you head counter and he pulls his hands to, and, and crouches a bit and he leaves his midsection open for alternating body blows and it's it's against advantageous to alternate if you do just the one side you get a little less in I think so if you you want to alternate each one and this is probably your main energy drain vehicle against him, you know? So you get a few in and then he goes back and he give you another one. And then uh, at some point in the first round, I don't recall what the timing of it was, but he'll do his, he gets into a super punch with a, which is a flurry of three uppercuts, a right, left, and then right. And they have like a, just, it feels like a fucking eternity. <laughs> the, 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 the pause before it, you know? And yeah, I mean, you have to like, the only way to survive this prick is to learn to wait and react. This is like, this is a perfect example of like the preempting thing. You were just, it's such a long pause that it's so easy to dodge. And like, you can see, you just see it coming from a mile away, dude, you hit that button and it's too early. And you're like, the second you start to move and he's not moving, you're like, I'm going down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going down. So yeah, so you got yeah, yeah, it. The, the hardest part is absolutely the first one. But even if you make that one, it's still a little bit of a timing thing. You got to dodge the next two as well to get the opportunity to punch him and do the, it's the same as the hook, the, the, the body blow stun thing. So yeah, it's, it's just, Oh my God, it's so fucking hard. This was a thing too. Al tipped me off too. There's like, you got He does like a little, he has like a little bit of motion when he's waiting. He's got like a little dance to him. And when he completely stops is the tell that the punch is about to come and it's still not immediate. Like there's still some timing to it. You got to like get, it's just like, there's a, some things with Tyson where like, you know, the thing is coming, but it's about timing the beat. Yeah. It's not like that. just there's the a, tell. You gotta know it. Yeah. 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 There's there's like, there's like an extra step to the fucking rhythm. Of it. It's just, it's just, it's incredible game design and super difficult. <laughs> so his shit talking is bedtime for little Mac. Hey, Mac baby. Say good night. I think you're going to have a nightmare tonight. And welcome to Dreamland, baby. So I save scum my ass off on him to finally get through it. <laughs> After probably an hour of cursing at my laptop on the stream. And even then, my best time was 2 minutes, 57 seconds, 0.48 on a round 3 TKO. Wow. <laughs> he almost stopped you like, no. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, right, right down to the wire for sure. <laughs> Well, like I said, I didn't even know, like, I didn't even save scum really until I got to Mike Tyson, since I didn't know, apparently I don't know how to work the simulator. Um, so I was starting the fight every time, but I finally took him down at 238 in round two. Damn. Good job, man. Yeah, he's just whew, brutal. And it was on that fight where I got the, join the Nintendo Fun Club uh, <laughs> from my yeah. course. That's a good, a good, good corner work from fucking Doc. Great. <laughs> I apparently had the match in hand, and he was just—we're talking video games. <laughs> We're just bullshit. Just bullshit now. 
So the World Circuit Champ is Super Macho Man, and he is a massive dildo. He is a white dude, slick back hair. He's got like one of those huge ass chins in his headshot, you know, uh, the really fucking dimpled ones. And he is undefeated. He's 35-0 and 0 with 29 KOs. He's from Hollywood, California, fittingly. That's right. And he is 27 years old, and he weighs 242. And yeah, man, he is just like fucking Sandman. He is just a huge step down in difficulty. And yeah, I think that's all about the idea of just ebbs and flows. He he was definitely a step down. I I definitely there were times when I would just knock him down multiple times in round one. Like he didn't even hit me a single time. Yeah. Like in multiple yeah. places. It's, one. it's the same as Soda Popinski's in design, but it's yeah. a hair slower and so much easier to cope with. <laughs> How are you undefeated, dude? Like well, who are who are you avoiding? Right, yeah. You must, Sandman must not have quite got the chance to fucking knock you out yet, because he would definitely drop your ass. Yeah, so yeah, so he has this quick right hook that's kind of tough to avoid. He thankfully does a little, uh, little damage when he lands it. Uh, his uppercuts are, yeah, deep crouch, just like Popinski's, but way easier to deal with. And then he has a number of spin punches that are kind of tough. There's like, he'll, he'll they all have a, a nice little pause beforehand, and, you know, I'd say the first one is probably the toughest to avoid, like, it's the quick one, you know? But uh, yeah, he like winds up easier. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's it's pretty easy to dodge timing wise, and then uh, like you don't even you know you don't know how many he's gonna do. He's got like I don't even know how many different ones he has. There's at least three or four. So it's kind enough, and you're dealing with it where you don't have to know basically. So however many he does, you just do the do the do the properly timed dodge, and when he finishes. There's a pause in the finishing motion of it that's long enough for you to register it and hit his ass, you know. So that's really kind of them to give that to you <laughs> on the second to last guy, you know. Even if you get an extra dodge in there, that was unnecessary. You're still good to like yeah. take him down. For sure, for sure. So his shit talking goes as such. I don't smoke, but tonight I'm gonna smoke you, which I kind of like that one actually. And I work on my tan harder than I'll have to work on you. My body is just so totally cool. My super spin punch is totally tough. So they're doing their best to, to work in that totally tubular Hollywood vibe there with all the totallys. Yeah. Yeah. My best time was a minute and 21.82 and a round three TKO. Nice, nice. I got him at 210.61. I don't know why I wrote down the, <laughs> the details there. Wow. Second round <laughs> TKO. Fuck you. <laughs> So you get the usual great fighting blue or great fighting blue card after taking his ass out. Then instead of a training sequence, they cut to the front page of a newspaper, and this is great too. So the, the it's the KO News, and it's dated April first, nineteen eighty seven. And I think it's an interesting choice that they put an actual date on there because like a, a bunch of the copy on the paper is kind of just like that, just like X's and Y's and just like you know filler stuff. So the idea that they didn't do that for the date is interesting to me that they wanted that specific date there. I wonder what. I mean that's four. That's, yeah, it's like that's six months and some change before the release date, October eighteenth. Uh, and they, you know, back then you just wouldn't have known an exact date that it was going to hit the shelves, so you wouldn't be trying to time anything to that, you know. So I'm just, yeah, I'd be curious to know what that is. Maybe I'll add that to my Howard, my Howie interview list of things I want to ask Howard when we when we nail him down. Yes. So there's a pick of Little Mac with the belt on. He's got his hands in the air. And then the copy next to it reads, New Champ. Last night we found a small but great champ. His name is Little Mac. Push start for the dream fight where, and over on the bottom there's where I lost my belt. Macho in the bottom left there. And there, wait, 
yeah, it's like where in quotation marks, and the next line says, "I lost my belt, macho." <laughs> and the there's another thing on the right hand side that says, "Daddy, come home. I found a key," and that's where your password is. So that's again just weird shit they're doing here with this. That's kind of fun. And I actually photoshopped a pic of my severe case of Nintendo thumb that followed that four hour play session on my first screen or, or screenshot rather, our first stream <laughs> and i photoshopped that on there yeah so it's like a instead of a little mac it's my thumb you know with the fucking it's still, I mean, it's still fucked up my thumb still isn't right dude uh like this really just did some work on me this week doing putting this time in so yeah i photoshopped that and made a pretty fun little fucking thing for our socials and it's also in the key art that i kind of like and the title fight blue card is a little different too it reads the dream fight in big font and then ladies and ladies and gentlemen kid dynamite mike tyson reads below that so that brings us to the Dream Bout, and this is against Kid Dynamite, Mike Tyson. And it's a pretty damn recent headshot of the man, the myth at the time, I would say. Or decent, I should say, not recent. And the the gap in his front teeth is probably a little exaggerated, but that's a small gripe considering the tools with which this was created, I think. And he is 31-0 with 27 KOs. He's from Catskill, New York, age 21, and weighs 220. So, so yeah, that's interesting, actually. Reading that stuff about well, I guess this is when he signed the deal, when they did the development of the game and developed his character and put this stuff in and was obviously later in that, so I guess it makes sense. But he became champion at age 20, and they did a licensing deal before that, so his age here, 21, that's all very interesting, you know, that it's like... Maybe they just advanced, like, okay, this is going to happen, therefore... Sure. You know. <laughs> they were right, clearly. Yeah, mildly interesting. <laughs> his pre-bell fanfare is non-existent. He, uh, he didn't say or do shit. He just wants to get to the boxing and, and the knock the fuck outing. <laughs> you know, like, there's no, there's no, there's no fucking posturing bullshit at all. He's just like, let's fucking go, and that's appropriate because he is ready to knock your ass out. And the and yeah, so the first minute and a half of this fight is about as unforgiving as video game shit comes i think he is doing these lightning fast uppercuts they come from either side there is a brief flash of his sprite so it has a tell but i mean (laughs) it doesn't flash every single time either i'm not sure exactly what the difference is i don't know yeah yeah i I tried for about a a half hour at the end of that first stream and i never made it out of this wasteland of, of of the fight you know so yeah i completely gave up on offense i decided to just dodge you know i wasn't even like because you can do if you dodge it you can and you're quick enough you can get in a, a head pop or two but yeah. it to me it like it just fucks with the timing and this is all about timing to me so even later when i would tko him and actually get the decision before that it was i i did not even try offense in the first round basically <laughs> you know or, or at least this part of it that's so crazy to me i I will say I do remember not remember this time around being so excited because I actually knocked him down in the first round, like pulled off first round knockdown. That's because sure. like because I remember as a kid, yeah, always like the whole focus was like just don't get knocked out. Like at first, like that's all you do, survive. But like this time, I was like, no, like I'm getting in every all two of those headshots every single time this dude hits. So like that's why I would tell you, like I would get him to half health so many times but and then you get tko'd because i wasn't you know getting out of the way quick enough but like pulling off that first round knockdown was just like Super i can do it yeah. like i'm going to do this eventually you know <laughs> so yeah i was n- not accomplishing nearly as much 
in, in my first round stuff. So my second stream play, I broke out the fucking graphing calculator and started doing some science. I was like, I'm going to like, this is a puzzle game. I know it's a puzzle game. I need to figure, I need to learn how to solve the puzzle. So I sat down with a fucking piece of paper and a fucking pen and started just learning what the sequence was, right? What the, cause so it's, it's, so the uppercuts come in flurries and there's maybe two quick beats between each of the flurries. So I started tracking the number of punches in each flurry. So I was less dependent on reaction and could be more predictive. Right. So it took probably an hour of just getting knocked the fuck out nonstop, but I mapped it out. So it's four, three, six, three, three, six, one. And if that's dependent on you, if you get knocked down, it fucks up. And I don't know what the fuck happens then. So you, if you get knocked down, that, that goes out the window. But if you don't get knocked down, and there were, you know, again, even after I learned it, so much of what he does is dependent on subtle timing things of your dodges and stuff. So I'm not saying it works every single time, but it was pretty fucking dependable. So, yeah, and, and like, even within those, like, so the first one, there's, a four, there's four in that first flurry, right? And he does the first one, and between most of the punches in each flurry, I would say it's this one beat. But between the first and second punch of the first flurry, there's maybe a one and a half beat. So if you do the dodge, if you're like, dodge, and that's the thing too, like, you know, I'm save scumming this, right? So like I get knocked down, I just hit fucking load, I'm back in it immediately. I've, I've saved it like right before he steps forward, you know, at the beginning uh, of the round. Like I'm right into each time. So like you're in this timing thing from the where you were at in the previous thing. And you go into that first one and... It's just so fucking hard to train yourself to to not do the usual timing and to wait that extra half beat before doing the dodge. And I just I mean, I just don't even know how many times even after working that fucking sequence out with science that I still got dropped on the second fucking punch of the fight. So many times. (laughs) So many times. So rough, man. It's so fucking rough. Yeah. And and I feel like he would change it up for me. And maybe it's because I was hitting him like every time to try so, to yeah. take him down. Uh, yeah. So, everything I said was definitely always, the best. He would like always change stuff up. And I was, that's why you're like a pattern. I'm like, there's not, this is not hold true for me because I'm trying to hit him. Like it just did not at all. Fuck that. Survive, dude. Adapt. He would pause much more. He would pause much more. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I just got to react. Like I got to just react and box down. So hard, man. So yeah, but dude, that discovery because again like i'm coming to this from never having beat him right now like, and to me it's just like an, an it's an uh, i'm almost 40 a whole lifetime a whole lifetime of not thinking i'm capable of it <laughs> so i'm going into this with a less than certain confidence that even in this context with all the determination i've exhibited to date that i'm not gonna be able to do this so <laughs> And like, you know, I've read all the Nintendo Power. I went back through at one point when I couldn't beat him and went through every Nintendo Power issue we've seen so far, every Game Pro issue, and looked at all the different things to see if I could mine some sort of piece of information that would actually be beneficial for him. And the only thing I actually found was on his, the jabs that we'll get to in the second third rounds that he does, I guess you can body blow him either bef- like after those as a counter and catch get a star out of him and... <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> like there ain't no fucking way. Stars, I definitely didn't get to use them. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. For I mean, me, me, me as well. The, but I never got them from the body blows. What you doing, dude? Yeah, I attempted a few body blows, but they didn't really do much for me. So, 
Yeah, I would never. Yeah, just I mean, those jabs are just just. I'm, I, just, I couldn't even get the blocks to work for me reliably, which is what you need to do. You need to block them and just survive them. <laughs> you know, the idea of trying to counter between them because <sighs> he does that. That's part of a the, the, the jabs are all part of a timing thing where it could be an uppercut or it could be a jab that's coming after that little pause, you know, so fuck off on countering those. But anyways, that's the only thing I found. So like I did, you know, I was coming at this like I'm pulling all the stops out. I'm doing I'm, I'm everything, you know. So when I the discovery to me that there was dependable math beneath that opening sequence, it was just like, it was, rep- it was just revolutionary for me. Like it just <laughs> it still requires apex predator reflexes. And it, it, you know, that is a big part of the speed and, and, and reaction stuff, but being able to cerebrally solve part of it was just such a, a satisfying thing. And B it gave me so much hope, you know, <laughs> that it was, it was, it could be broken down in numbers and it could be dissected that way. Um, Cause my expectation was going into that plan that I was going to find out like, nope, just got to figure it out, bro. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dude, okay. I, like this was an impossible task as a kid like this. Like I remember, <laughs> like there was definitely a part of me that was like, I haven't done this in so long. And I remember the first, like, I don't remember the feeling of beating Mike Tyson. I remember being excited but I remember feeling it being impossible for so long before that. So I was like, am I going to beat him this time? I'm not even sure. I thought for sure. I was concerned that it was going to be last night. And we're going to be, I was going to be like, you're going to make it, Josh. Do we need to push off the podcast? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, saw you. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. Like based on what you were talking, it sounded like you hadn't. And then I saw the post that you put on the, the page last night. So nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> so the remaining minute 30 of round one is all hooks and these are they come from either hand and they are preceded by a wink that's kind of nice but even these like they you have to you have to learn it's not like any other punch in the game you know the timing between tell dodge and reaction like you basically have to like you need to be dodging on the wink and like you're coming back before his punch you're coming back as his punch is reaching its thing. So like this is multiple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yes. so. You just do the counter correctly. You have to be, yeah. I mean, it's just nanoseconds that you're coming back. And if you are a beat earlier, you're getting whacked, you know? So very, very frustration or frustrating rather. And you can get a couple headshots in after each one, if you time it right. And these are also the only dependable that I found anyways, stuns for uppercuts. If you can actually maintain keeping a star, the one punch on these is what you got to wait to, and then you can fucking uppercut him and actually get him with one. But yeah, if you try to uppercut on his off his uppercuts, oh, you're done. Like I tried stunning him one, two, and three times, and none of them would hold. Yeah. He would just fucking clobber your no ass. No matter what I did, I yeah. was like, ah, oh. that that fucking sucks for sure. But the relative like level of difficulty here versus the first ninety seconds of the fight, like it's just so different to me. Like yeah. didn't pass that first ninety seconds. Like, all right, let's 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 box now. Let's, let's go. Box. You know. Agreed. So going into the second round, he works in a jab at the start of that, and this gets mixed in with his dynamite uppercut, but thankfully the dynamite uppercuts no longer dust you in one blow. They do take nice damage, but you can survive them without going down at least. And I mean, that's really, you know, the second round is pretty much just a lot of that, just the jabs and the, and the uppercuts, so not a lot to say there. I think I was able to get a couple uppercuts in, and I think I came out of it, and I would end up safe staying at the start of the third because I couldn't take the emotional turmoil of fucking living through, having to deal with those first two rounds. And in my opinion, anyways, yes, I know a speedrunner or a very uh, an excellent player will tell you otherwise, but to me, 
you're not you're not TKOing this guy anywhere in the third round. So just let's <laughs> let's get to the third round with a clean slate and let's let's fucking try it from here. You know, so the I, I think I I think I had twenty seven hundred points maybe coming into the third round on, on the safe state I ended up locking in, and he the third round is very much just boxing. You know, and and it. Boxing and just getting good, <laughs> you know, like getting good, learning shit. And yeah, I mean, those first two rounds are a lot more about gimmicks, you know, and then yeah, this third round is just fighting Mike Tyson. And that's obviously a lot more enjoyable <laughs> than the other bullshit. So this is where, you know, getting into this and really where it becomes just about read and react kind of stuff. This is where I really like, I thought maybe it was fucking with me early on, but you're getting knocked out in one punch and like you're pissed off the whole time. So like, you know, you're not really sizing it up, but here having more opportunities to dodge and come back, like, your dodge against him does not fucking return as reliably as every other fight in this game. Like, it's ridiculously suspicious how often my comeback would not work and I could not get back in time to counter a punch that I had timed the dodge on perfectly. You know what I mean? I am absolutely certain that there is something in the code that fucks with slows you down. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent like not, not necessarily slows you down, but just I mean it's the, it does slow you down, I guess. But like that, like I don't know, your 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 hitbox of sorts on the comeback must be a frame or two less, you know. Oh just, yeah, like you dodge and come back and you do your hit and nothing he's able to block like or yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, if you're if you don't come back with the quick thing against him, you're not even getting to try and a punch. <laughs> you're probably getting hit on the next punch because your timing is way fucked up, you know? So, like, yeah, it's not even, it's not necessarily, can, I mean, sometimes, yes, it would be, you just can't, like, the, the hooks in particular, you get back and, like, your hook's coming at him and he's blocking his face. But if, if you do it, if you fuck that up on a dynamite punch flurry, you're probably getting clobbered, you know? So, yeah, just crazy frustrating, crazy frustrating thing about this fight. So, yeah, you know, you're definitely going through some round changes here. So let's talk about Mike's shit talking. He says, hey, is this kid a joke? Where's the real challenger? They say I can't lose. I say you can't win. You think the speed of your fingers can match the strength of my fists? And I like to break into the fourth wall on that one. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he says, your experience doesn't match mine. Go home and practice. And lastly, if I knock you down, don't get up. And the words are capitalized like it says get up above you on the in-fight, you know, and I think that's funny. I like that. <laughs> Touch. So, yeah, dude, it took copious amounts of saves coming. Uh, I ended up, you know, like I said, just saving the beginning of the third round. So I, I would eventually win via decision. Maybe like on that last stream, it was funny. Like I, it might have been the first time, actually, the first play once I streamed after having done the research and I practiced a little bit out of, and I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's really tackle this. I think it was the fourth stream that I did at this game. And it was amazing. Like, I don't know. You can see it in the video. Like it happens. And like, I'm just like, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> like, I, I was wondering if I saw that. I was like, did he just win and like immediately save state and like did he not see that like i was confused it was, it was amazing to me how unsatisfying winning via decision was i was like yeah fuck that he's got to go down there ain't no way man <laughs> so yeah, yeah so yeah first time that makes sense yeah, yeah so yeah, i won the decision and then yeah i i, I kept playing and, and until i got him on a tko and i i eventually did so it was like 20 minutes of, of playing there that last time yes. and yeah the 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 
TKO was uh, 227 in round three. And you never see, it never gives you the card afterwards. So you don't know the decimal for him. You never find out the decimal. And that is bullshit to me. Because it's irrelevant. You beat him. That's all that matters. Fuck that. I need to know this. I want to know the statistics. I want to do math. <laughs> so, yeah, so that bothered me a lot. So, yeah, man, yeah, you know, like I said, I did it on a stream. So, you could, that you could actually 100% see the raw emotion. And it's just like, I was like, I, was like, I did it. I was like, yeah, I almost blacked out. I was just like, I just kept, I just kept going, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> like, I was so fired up. Like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking. I was so, so pleased to do it. It was fucking great. Yeah, I mean that, that was dude. Like I said, I played this game a million times, thirty-five years of my life, probably close to, and had never beat him. So that was just you know when I when I thought of what I wanted to get out of all the time we put into this podcast, that is probably like I don't know if we'll have anything happen or we'll do mm. anything, I'll learn anything, or I'll have a moment that was bigger to me and more satisfying than that you know that's always been my white whale and, and dude and like i i you know, i thought i had that line ready to go that i wouldn't beat him mm. after the second third streams and it's just like it's not gonna happen it's just not it's impossible there's no way it's not gonna happen and this will just always be my white whale and i'll just have to accept that yeah <laughs> you know like i, I just will never this will this will evade me. I'll just go to my grave without ever having done this. So uh, clearly, that not being the case is as satisfying as things can come. I think, in my opinion, for this shiat. So yeah, how, how did your? What was your? Yeah, that's amazing. So I you mean, got mine is TKO, right? You said what's that? You got a TKO, right? I did not get a TKO. I beat him by so yeah, frustratingly beat him by decision. There are multiple times. So, I don't know how this kept happening. I would knock him down once in the first round. And again, I told you until the very last couple times, I was starting over from the beginning every time. And I was like, oh my gosh, the beginning of the fight. So I would knock him down once in the first round, twice in the second round, twice in the third, like twice in the third round, and like mess up and get TKO. And that kept happening. And I was just so I did it in that pattern only. I finally did it. And he didn't knock me down the entire fight, but I didn't knock, I didn't TKO him either. Yeah, but it was clear. But like you could see in the round, in between rounds, there was nothing. My face, my face was intact, and so like Doc was like, keep I, don't it think you're, "I don't think you're getting emotional satisfaction from that." That oh, dude, incredibly small thing. <laughs> That's such a so when I beat him by decision, I was like, "Take that!" I was like, "I'm done." I was like, "I've TKO'd you before. You're not robbing me. Like I've whooped your butt every time. You haven't knocked me down. I'm done." Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Good job, uh, game dudes. So it cuts from the ring to Mike's headshot and some text on a black card after you after you beat him and Mac does his little thing. Says, Great fighting. You were tough, Mac. I've never seen such finger speed before. So again, breaking the fourth wall on that. That's fun. And it then does a slideshow of each boxer's headshot in their order of appearance before cutting to a blue card with Mac. Gloves up. I think I'm I'm not sure if it's the same thing that's on the trophy screens after winning the First two circuits, but something close to that. He's boxing and his gloves are up and he has your record below followed by the end. And I mean, I did all that saves coming, so it doesn't really matter. But my record was 14 and one. And um, yeah, man, we fucking did it. Mike Tyson's punch on. <laughs> Solid. So, and you conquered so, the beast. He is defeated. 
Yeah, so in the least drama-filled King Lorik's Blessing segment ever, let's get to that. fight theme bringing us in to our verdict and you, you know what i realized josh looking at our list mike tyson's punch out is not on it and that's because i i disclosed on my original rendition of the list that obvious things like mike tyson's punch out or super mario brothers 3 or metroid or the staple games. The, the, the idea with the intent with the list is for more obscure titles that someone might not automatically assume. Fair enough. <laughs> I guess that's fine. It's just but you're not gonna get me ar- you're not gonna get me arguing with you if you want to put it on the list, bro. I'm gonna... <laughs> well, it's one of those things where when you when you talked about like let's see how fast we can beat them, and then I was like I did fly through these circuits so quick. Like, I, it became kind of one of those things there. Maybe I could just pick this back up any kind of time and just, you know. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, I've told you, you know, I. My entire <laughs> life until now, I would put this game in with no intent to actually beat Tyson. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just playing for fun until up until I get knocked the fuck out. Like, and last few years, that's been Soda Popinski. <laughs> you know, so, like, I would get pissed off during that, of course, because that's how I am as a gamer, but everything prior to that is just me having fun, you know? Doing, like, literally doing, going through the motions of beating guys that I have beat probably hundreds of times, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and it's fun every time. And yep, I mean, yeah, and it, yeah, it's, it's the best video game on Nintendo Entertainment System, bar none, in my opinion, in a podcast. Like, there's not any argument to me. There's no mood, there's no emotional state, there's no physical situation, there's no nothing where I wouldn't enjoy putting this cart in an NES and playing the game. And it's a fucking treasure. <laughs> I am eternally indebted to its creators for conjuring into existence something so capable of giving me the amount of joy it has throughout my lifetime. It's just, that's just, it's fucking incredible, man. It's just such a good fucking game. And it's easily, easily top five, in my opinion. I would definitely entertain thoughts of, of anywhere in the top five and the fact that we're talking about it and I had so much fun playing it. I mean, it has everything you need. Like I'm enjoying looking at the art in the background. <laughs> yeah. The animation. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and you know, especially after having, having conquered this climb to this mountain in, in this, in this playthrough here, Mike Tyson is the ultimate final boss. Like the, he's the, it's the greatest in video game history. Like they had to have spent, so much time concocting his attack patterns. Like, there's so much variance, so much nuance. Like, I spent, I already said it, I spent a lifetime pursuing him as a goal, dude. I'm damn near 40 fucking years old, and I have been yearning for success against him that entire time. Like, <laughs> that is how Mount Olympus this dude is, and this this boss battle is. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd never even, like, yeah, just, my my thought was always just like, 
what do you mean? Like, how in the how in the actual fuck are you gonna beat that dude? Like on an NES hard, like you know, like city, like you you have the there's also the thing of like the emu, like the known difficulty that the em, uh, emulation imposes on playing this game because the timing, the subtle timing differences and stuff, and doing it on the fucking NES old school without a CRT, like ugh, like you don't have safe states, fucking no way, man. <laughs> you know, without knowing the stuff, like that's actually I I absolutely will play this game just picking it up to fuck around now that I know the things with Tyson. Cause like, I couldn't even survive to learn the things before I, I was doing the research for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know them. And like, you need to have those down and like have learned that little second dynamite punch. Like that, that shit's gotta be entrenched in your, in your game knowledge to have any hope on OG hardware. So I will absolutely try to just pick it up and fuck with it again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's such a smart idea packing a puzzle game into a boxing game like this. And even, you know, we already said this too, in the beginning when we were talking about licensing and stuff, but making a great call on the endorsement at a perfect time in Tyson's career to make it land the way it did and be as enthralling of a thing as it was at the time. There's just so much about it that just perfectly lined up with, especially specifically our lives, our, our age group, you know, it just like, yeah. it just, it's just all the stars aligned across the board to make it a perfect game, perfect presentation, perfect experience, timeless thing. It's just, it's fucking great. Like King Lork and his entire court of advisors cannot stop jerking <laughs> off to how much fun and perfect the game is. His blessing is bestowed magnanimously <laughs> and without hesitation. So yeah, it's fucking, it absolutely gets King Lork's blessing for me. And then, like, uh, drop podcast yep. done. Moving on. Podcast done. We did it. Episode 50 in the books. Fucking A. Woo! Next, and it's funny the timing of all this because next up is Nintendo Power number 11, my first issue. So, Boner Town. <laughs> and we'll probably drop a little side quest action for Ultima Exodus first. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provider or whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. Website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook. Interact with us there. There's fucking just great dialogue on there now. I'm so it's, I think it's so cool how, how much engagement we have. And link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist. Uh, playlists are in the show notes as well. There's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down on Reddit and you're anti-Mark Zuckerberg. And we don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to the things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that's cool as fuck. So you can find them at ablegamers.org. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, Gentleman JB without the second E, it's pretty much where you can find me. And my Twitter is at Josh Follen. My Instagram is at my shift key is broke. And my gamer tag is two minute Todd. Okay, bye. Bye.